What is up, listeners? Welcome to Predator vs. Movies. I'm Alex. I am Peter. Uh, je m'appelle Aiden. Oh, we are French, and this is a podcast where we discuss and review the latest Russian movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We will start with a non-spoiler review before diving into oh this is terrible into Scottish a deep discussion now? of the film. It's it's just ever changing. Into a deep discussion of the film. And then we will ask no, the most important question. Would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? This week we will be reviewing the menu. Avec avec no notre guest. Sasha! What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Yeah! <laughs> Welcome back, Sasha. It's nice to have you back. Good to be back. Thank you. Uh, I'm stopping the French accent. That was a terrible <laughs> idea. I should not have done that. Um, <laughs> we're starting off with our news. News, news, news. News! Uh, so start off, we'll start off with the Marvel Corner. Uh, we have an update on... It is the Wonder- Marvel Corner. Thanks. That's <laughs> Aiden likes doing our special, uh, special effects now. Um, so Marvel Corner. Um, update on Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, someone compared screenshots from the trailer or the finished film with behind the scenes footage. And it appears that they edited out Namor's uh, penis. It seems that he had... Oh, a... I saw that, yeah. <laughs> it seems that there was a, a, a bulge, if you will, in his, in his lower regions. And in the movie, it's considerably smaller. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really funny. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, here's something. Uh, for Avengers 6, Secret Wars, uh, apparently Kevin Feige is planning to feature a Portals-like sequence from like like Endgame sequence uh, where all the heroes of the multiverse uh, appear together. And so by that, I mean like characters from all of the Marvel movies that have ever been, I guess. So oh. your Fox X-Men, your Fantastic Four, Daredevil, maybe Ben Affleck, or, you know, like, like literally anyone that he can get. Blade, yeah. Wesley Snipes. <clears throat> that would be cool. I would actually like that. That'd be sick. Yeah. I don't know, but like reading that news, I think I'm just in the height of Marvel fatigue. Yeah. I was like, <sighs> yeah, no, that's not. To. You're yeah. like, not yeah. this shit again. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not I'm not as excited as I would have been, you know, five years ago even. Yeah. Um I yeah. I'm very afraid that they're banking on this whole cameo. It, yeah. Whoa, look look who look who in the movie. I know that guy. I know that guy. That's like, exactly my problem. You know, yeah. And you've got you've got so many characters that I just feel like because everything's so rushed, they're not gonna have time to like cross paths and introduce uh, introduce each other like to them to the heroes and like crossovers and stuff because you need to build out the universe because before you get to that point and i feel like so much of this phase and the upcoming stuff is like introducing new people and there's not enough using what you already have and playing with that and i just worry that it's like like i saw i saw an insider on twitter post a list of all the characters who are confirmed for those movies and it was like several threads long like it was like several tweets long of lists of characters and i was like this is ridiculous it's ridiculous why can't we have like an actual like is it going to be an actual story that i'm gonna be invested in somehow infinity war worked but like 
I'm just ner- I'm nervous. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm also I think I'm in the same boat as you there. Peter, what are your thoughts? Well, in the first like the first ten years, they had time to build chemistry and relationships, either through crossovers or through Avengers films. And this time, we're just getting straight to like a team up right away, with like little chemistry between the members. So that's about my only concern. But like the fun of Avengers movie is to see all your favorite heroes come together, anyways. So I hope they can pull it off because like from what I heard, it's a pretty cool storyline that they're doing. So yeah, and I, you actually bring up a great point. It's that Avengers um, five is going to be the first Avengers movie. And it's already like if it's like going from not uh, like like before Avengers like Phase One and then going yeah. directly to Infinity War and Endgame. Exactly. Yeah, there's no yeah. where's our Avengers team up where our roster is made and filled out. Like, yeah, who I, is our roster right now? Like, I, I, I know right? like, you said there's <laughs> no so idea. many characters that are gonna be in it, but I can't even like I don't even like know who that is. Is it just like like literally everyone that is literally dead? everyone? basically yeah. yeah like i can pretty easily come up with a like a good idea of what the roster is going to be right you have ant-man and the wasp captain marvel thor she hulk shang chi maybe moon knight um who else has appeared recently probably yes yes the black panther um who else was in this phase eternals are just separate um is miss marvel i guess gonna be it and stuff they said that she'll be an Avenger, and I hope that they mean young Avenger, because I, I don't know about that. And Spider-Man, obviously, if he's still around. Um, but yeah, like it, it's a fair question. Who is the Avengers roster? We'll never know. Um, oh, you're right. That was a spoiler for Black Panther. I guess, I guess I'll, I'll bleep it if people haven't seen it yet. Oops. Um, it's a sad one. It, Anyways, last bit of Marvel news. Uh, apparently, so not only will Harrison Ford appear as Hulk, or um, sorry, as General Ross in the Captain America movie, he's going to be the Red Hulk and the President of the United States. <laughs> Both of those things in oh, Captain yeah. America: New World Order. <laughs> I think that's just crazy. Are they, are, like, what is what is? Harrison Ford look like with a Hulk body. <laughs> like you have CG Harrison Ford's face, like like huge. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's oh man, that movie there's just so many silly things in that movie. The leader, Moon Knight. Yeah. And that's a crazy that's a crazy movie. I, yeah. I don't know how they're gonna pull that off. Um speaking of Harrison Ford, we got a first look at Indiana Jones 5. There was a couple photographs um no no trailer yet but apparently it's coming soon um indiana jones looks old um he does look old he mads, is old mads mickelson looks like uh no nazi he looks like the guy from the first movie actually with the glasses and the hat. yeah um and all we know about it so far is that it's going to be set in the 1960s in new york actually which is which, i think I that's think interesting yeah, oh, yeah. people think it's interesting. There you go. Yeah, well, that it's like it's in America and that it's like very... Because yeah. the point of Indiana Jones is generally like there's a MacGuffin in a foreign land and the for- foreign lands are exotic, unlike America. And it's like, it's interesting that, you know... That's a good point, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, they, maybe they're going to like a museum and they're putting this stuff back. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that 
joke a lot and I think that'd be really funny, but also definitely not gonna happen. Um, and yeah, um, more kind of like, now we're just getting into random news. Uh, Bradley Cooper has been cast as Frank Bullitt in Spielberg's uh, new film of that kind of like franchise, if you will. Um, so that was a franchise from like the, I wanna say the sixties. And he's kind of like an action hero who like does like high speed chases and he might be a cop or like a detective kind of thing. Spielberg um, is remaking a series of movies from the sixties. Uh, so no, I heard that it's not a remake. It's like a new um, movie in that series, but it is, so okay. it's not a reboot. Um, so I, I just pulled up some information for the movie uh, from the original. So it was a 1968 action thriller film. Uh, and it was it starred Steve McQueen, and so that's kind of what was okay. famous about it. Um, will it tell me who Bullet is? <laughs> this is a good question in this article. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a detective, S SFPD Detective Lieutenant Frank Bullet. Um, I think that's really cool. I like um, Bradley Cooper, and I think he could be a cool action hero. I don't. Has he done action before? <clears throat> well, he's the Rocket Raccoon. That counts as You're right. He did do Roger <laughs> Raccoon. Not really action star material, but um, I guess it's an action movie. I meant more like, has he been like a, a James Bond, Mission Impossible kind of like, has he done something? I like think that? he was in like a movie in like the 2000s where it was like, it was called like the Ragtag Squad. It was like, it was like one of those movies where it's supposed yeah. to be about like super. It wasn't called that. It's a stupid name, but it was like the point was like it's the the other guys. We're not heroes, but we have a job to do. It was like something like that. What am I thinking of? This is like that's so funny. It'd be funny if I'm not even thinking of the right thing. There's something it's called the, the A Team. Oh, that might be it. I think it's that's it. Ten. I don't. Do you mean I've heard of like the leftovers, but I don't think he was in that. Oh, I think I am thinking of The Leftovers. Okay, he wasn't there. Okay. But or, The A-Team's an action movie, yeah. What's that one with um, Denzel, you know? I don't know. Whatever. Um, Could not tell you. Other, other news. Um, Andrew Scott, who is known as the hot priest from uh, Fleabag, and Paul Mescal, uh, Aiden lookalike on in After Sun, mm. uh, they're going to be playing lovers in Andrew Hayes' next film, uh, which is an adaptation of Taichi Yamada's Strangers. Uh, so it's apparently a tale about grief, existential loneliness, loneliness, uh, unending longing for human connection. That's just a, that's a tweet I saw, and so I'm basically reading out what they said. Uh, I like both of those actors. Uh, Andrew Hay, I'm just pulling up his film uh, filmography. He did uh, a movie called Weekend not too long ago, and he did Lean on Pete. Uh, he, was in, he was in the Bond movies, right? The most recent ones. He was in at least one of them. He was in them. I think he was in one of them. He was like a bad. He was in like Skyfall no. or something, or Spectre. No, no, he wasn't. No. Um, or wait, who are you talking about? I meant. I'm sorry. I'm talking okay. about the director. Who are you talking about? Oh, I'm talking about Andrew Scott. Oh my bad. Oh, Andrew Scott. He uh, he could have been. Uh, let's pull up his. He Lots was. He was. He was in Spectre. Oh, oh yeah, like, he's like the Max the... Den Big. <laughs> Wasn't he the guy that turned that like betrayed M? I think so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a poor name. <laughs> Max Den Big. Um anyway, so yeah, that sounds cool. 
Um, speaking of After Sun, uh, apparently it cracked the top highest rated narrative features directed by women. Uh, I like how like it's a it's quite a long category, but yeah, uh, word wise that is. Uh, and so I think I think that's well deserved. I think it's a great yeah, movie. great movie. Yeah, go check that one out. Um, Greta Gerwig is going to direct the first two Netflix Narnia remakes or readaptations. Um, how do you guys? Where where do you think? Um, oh, what's their name? Sersha Ronan and uh, <laughs> Missy Chalamet. What what roles do you think they'll get? <laughs> uh, I don't They're, remember any of the characters' names, but the older ones. I saw I saw a tweet on Twitter uh, about Timothy's. He went to the Venice Film Festival dressed yeah. in like a red thing. And then they were referring to, oh, I know exactly who he's going to get cast. He's going to get cast as the donkey guy. The donkey um, guy. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know what he's. Oh, called. like James McAvoy's character from yeah. the yeah. A satyr, yeah. yeah. Um, the donkey, the donkey guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> For the layman, the donkey guy. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, honestly, so yeah. I think it's pretty cool. I love Greta. Greta's done amazing films. I really yeah. like, like basically all of her work. So mm-hmm. it's going to be exciting. Like I think. Uh, when you get big movie directors that direct more artsy films to take on the more sort of like popular franchises, you always get sort of something unique out of it. Like Nolan's Batman, for example, was great. So or Chloe Zhao's Eternals. Yeah, I was gonna. I was trying to avoid that. But... You're trying to avoid it because it makes your point kind of uh, tough to prove. But um, yeah. I don't oh yeah, know. Matt and... Reeve on the Batman. Oh, I guess just two also Batman true, examples. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah does this mean though that we don't get a barbie franchise like is she gonna be one away from i don't know know. maybe just barbie and narnia for the next for the foreseeable future do you think greta gerwig could do a marvel movie (laughs) if she's doing that would be very interesting could be interesting yeah i don't know i don't hate it yeah i'd love to see like a francis hot type scene in a marvel movie <laughs> Very like Noah Baumbach, yeah, yeah, dude, just people talking in a New York apartment. Yeah, and I mean, that's the Avengers. Yeah, I actually really want to make that movie now. Just the That'd Avengers hanging out in New York, Noah Baumbach. Yeah. Oh, that would be so funny. No fighting. That's it. Um. <laughs> anyways, uh, Babylon, Damon Chazelle's newest movie, has got some reactions. It had its first screening the other day. And they're not great, are they? They're not great. No. Uh, I saw several negative reviews. Not It's not consistently negative. There was like a couple bright lights scattered mm. amongst there. And I didn't see too many. Like, I think I saw five reactions max. Because apparently yeah. there was also a Glass Onion screening. So a lot of people saw that instead. Um, okay. I, I All I heard was that it's like... They're, it's a covering a lot of ground that has been covered before and it doesn't really have anything sure. new to say like criticism I think of Hollywood. I saw something that it was like it was like trying to be a Scorsese movie but he's not like he doesn't have the the facilities for that and also like Scorsese is like much darker and yeah Chazelle doesn't really go into that too right. much or something so yeah I yeah I saw that too I I'm gonna hold out hope because I, mm-hmm. I really want it to be good. So I'll, I'm definitely going to see it like opening weekend, probably. But Yeah, I'm going to see it no um, matter. And I'm going to go in open-minded no matter what. So. Yeah. Uh, and then last off for a new segment, we have the Trailer Park. I'm keeping the name. 
so mm-hmm. several trailers and teasers released this week. First off, we got a teaser for Pixar's Elemental. Uh, sure did. Looks like uh, that fire and water game from Cool Math Games or whatever it was. <laughs> I used to play that game a lot. Um, and I, I, I don't care for this. I don't think it'll be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have much, I don't I don't either to be honest with you. I don't like the movie Inside Out and it kind of it yeah. reminds me of Inside Out and I I think it's going to be bad though. I think Pixar is trying too hard to find like new interesting things that are like opposites that they can personify run, and stuff yeah, like yeah. They're running out of things that yeah, yeah, they can personify and that are opposites. Yeah. Uh you know, so I, I at some point they're going to have to realize that their best movies aren't that right like think about like monsters inc sure it's opposites with monsters and humans but the story isn't i don't know and finding nemo like the incredibles i guess it is usually opposites isn't it yeah (laughs) i don't know still like yeah some of their best movies i think the incredibles is a good example um kind of don't focus so much on the fact that it's opposites but Mm -hmm. um there was a trailer for uh something being released by neon called i think it's ennis men ennis men uh, I know nothing about this. This is the first I'm hearing of it, yeah. but it looks really neat. I it's like a thriller horror, um, and it looks like it's straight ripped out of the '70s. Like oh, it's cool. it looks like it's filmed on film. Um, oh, I love that '70s film look so much. And it's like, it looks yeah. super like creepy and uh, like uncomfortable. It it gave me very like the lighthouse vibes if yeah. it was a '70s movie. So like. Mm. I would highly recommend go look for that trailer if you haven't, because it. I was like, "Whoa, this could be really interesting." So I'm I'm excited for when that comes out. Yeah, sounds cool. Um, speaking of uh, the lighthouse, uh, <laughs> uh, Willem Dafoe's latest movie, uh, Inside, got a trailer. Basically, in that one, he's uh, like an art thief, and he's in a like a probably like a high rise or something uh, in New York, I think, and he gets locked inside. Um, because like he trips the alarm or something and all the doors lock and it looks like he gets like stuck there for like weeks or something. And he tries mm-hmm. to survive in this like super high end apartment. Um, I think that looks really neat. Yeah. Honestly, I, I love movies that are set in like single or like just like a very select number of places. Like yeah. a good example of that would be like Parasite, for example, where it's just mm-hmm. switching between the home of the poor family and the home of the rich family. Like, I think that when you can't really mix up the setting, you can't use like extravagant exotic settings to woe the audience. It, it demands a lot more work on the actor and the cinematographer to sort of make the movie interesting and keep the audience entertained through its runtime. So I think these movies some, oftentimes are the better or like sometimes the best movie so i'm pretty excited about this one and just the i think that's like willem defoe's type of movie you know like it's not like the the typical rc film it's like on the weird side of the rc film where like a guy is like forced into extreme conditions and somehow you know needs to survive like we're, we're just you know sort of like the lighthouse like you mentioned and uh yeah i'm hyped for this one looks good yeah, how many uh, Descent into Madness films do you think Will Dafoe has done at this point? <laughs> too in his many, career? man. Too like, many. That's, that's like his bread and butter, The Lighthouse. Um, 
I mean, even like Spider Man, if you like, he's always that's his thing. I mean, he's great at it too. There's a scene in the trailer where he's like trying to talk to a pigeon, and yeah. I think that's great, I dude. And I love how like they featured the fish in the tank, and then oh, like a couple yeah. scenes later, the fish is on the chopping block. <laughs> it's like, yeah, wow, gross. um, so yeah, I think that looks cool. Uh, last trailer we have is uh, Steven Soderbergh's uh, la- last movie in the what's it called Magic Mike franchise. It's called Last Dance, and uh, he's going to Europe as so many so many sequels do. I tweeted about this. Let's let's have a fun game. I want because I've already done this game. I want everyone to name as many sequels for movies that inexplicably go to Europe for their sequel. Where far from the, home. Where the original is not set in Europe. So yes, yeah, Spider-Man: Far From Home was Pitch Perfect. Also, yep, that's another example. Yeah. Madagascar. One of the Madagascars did that. Oh, yes, really? Madagascar three. Um, there's more Marvel movies. There's too many Marvel movies that do this. There's really? like three others or something. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess Avengers because they went yes. to. Uh, Age of Ultron oh, true. goes yeah, to Europe. True. Yeah, and there's more Captain America. Didn't um, Civil War happen? Yeah, oh, I would. You Europe could count that true. one. That one goes to Germany. Yeah. I don't. I don't know which other ones you're talking about. Thor goes to Europe in Thor: The Dark World, which oh, he probably does. no one That's remembers. True. Yeah. Um, what else? And there's other things. Garfield: A Tale of Two Kitties goes to Europe. <laughs> um, I think oh, there's man, like I... an Ashley Olsen, Mary Kate and Ashley movie where it's Euro oh, Trip like is the second one. Parent Trip or something, maybe. Um, like I did tweet about it, like just how many. It's it's crazy. And there's like a, a trope, you know, like the there's a trope website where they collect all the tropes and they have one. It's 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 just called Sequel Goes Foreign, so it's a little more generic, but so often it's like specifically Europe too. Um yeah. anyway, so he goes to Britain, I guess, and he does uh, a, a stage show with Salma Hayek. <laughs> And watching the trailer, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm into this. I, I was surprised. I, I didn't think I would be, but I mean, I, I'm, I like dance movies and like, like the Step Up franchise. Like I used to watch that. And so I think it looks kind of, kind of good. I'm, I'm sold. I'm, I'm interested too. I've, they've piqued my interest. One might Your say. interest has been piqued. Yeah. One might say. Yeah. Yeah. One might anyone, say. Anyone, anyone else see the trailer and have thoughts? I mean, I don't think I'm just, I don't think I'm into Magic Mike movies, man. I don't think they're made for me, personally. Why? And, uh, I remember, Wait, I remember, uh, <laughs> I think, I think, like, the, my most fond memory of Magic Mike is watching a Conan bit, where he, he went to see Magic Mike XXL with a bunch of girls. It was kind of funny. <laughs> that's, that's your most that's fond Magic Mike memory? Oh, yeah, I saw that. Actually, that actually yeah. is kind of funny. Yeah. I'll give you that. It's a funny clip. Sasha, what do you think of the Magic Mike trailer? I mean, I I was like literally watched it about four minutes before jumping onto the podcast while I was trying to eat lunch really quickly, so I was like barely paying attention to it. I I can't tell you much. I haven't seen any of the other movies, so I mean, I have like a totally complete, literally the most neutral opinion you can have. Are you going to be there opening day to see Channing Tatum? Uh, probably not. No, Channing Tatum. I will. I will. And Salman Hayek. You have fun with Looks that. Um, anyways, so we watched uh, we watched a little movie this week, and we're going to get into it. I'm going to give you some brief 
uh, general info about the movie. So <clears throat> this is uh, The Menu, uh, in case you didn't see the title. It's a black comedy horror film directed by Mark Myloid. It's written by Seth Weiss and Will Tracy. It's produced by, uh, among others, Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. Uh, it stars Rafe Fiennes. There you go, Peter. I'm saying it right. Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt, Hong Chow, Janet McTeer, Reed Burney, Judith, Judith Light, and John Leg Leguizamo. Um, it has a runtime of, of, I think, an hour and 46 minutes, and it has a budget of $3.6 million. Um, that was a little bit lower than I was expecting, Yeah, you know, but it is kind of like a subdued... It kind of makes sense. It's a one, um, yeah. one yeah. location, generally speaking. There's quite a few yeah. famous people in it, though. Like, yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised if the budget had inflated a little more than that to accommodate, yeah. but... I don't know. Somehow they pulled it off with uh, 3.6. Because that's... I think that's less than Barbarian. Wasn't Barbarian oh, really? five or 4 million? From what I, yeah, I, think what so. I recall. I think so. like that, yeah. That's kind of surprising that that movie was more expensive. I and feel like we, it makes sense. I guess just on of, off the actors alone. But yeah. And they would have had to build sets for the whole thing. Oh, true. Oh, no, no. Actually, both, both build sets. The menu is uh, the oh, okay. interiors of the restaurant is all a set. It's made in a studio. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, so that's our generic info for the movie. If you haven't seen it, uh, we're going to do our little game. Uh, we guess the Metacritic score. So uh, there's a little website on the internet where they tabulate critics' reviews of a movie and give it a general score out of 100. If it's 60 and above, it gets a green score. If it's 80 and above, it gets a must-see. If it's in the 50s, it's yellow. And if it's in the 40s or below, it gets a red score. So we are going to guess where the menu lands. Um, last week, I won. So I will go first, followed by Aiden, because he always wins. Then Peter, then Sasha, because we, we always let the guests go last, because that's the nicest spot. Um, nice. So the menu. I was thinking about this. I think it was good, but I don't think it was that good. I, I'm going to go with... 70. Okay. Yeah, uh, I was kind of thinking, I'm thinking a little bit higher than that, but I was thinking something around the high 70s to low 80s, but I was also thinking, like, would this be a must-see? And I was thinking, maybe not. I'm going to go 77. Okay, I'm gonna really <laughs> try to play the game here. You're gonna try to play the game this time? <laughs> last time you tried so, it, didn't really play the game. Um, I'll go with 73, like a middle between you and Aiden. Okay, I think that's more playing the game than last time, but uh, Sasha, where do you think? Oh man, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking 74. I think it's right around where Aiden and Peter are thinking. We're really playing at this time. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think you get a tie. But um, 70, 73, 74, and 77, right? Yeah. I just want to have it in my head when I look it up. Okay. And, okay, who guessed what? 70? I think I win again. I think I, I win this round. So it gets a 71. You do win. And yep. and so 70 was closest. So, uh, yeah. And what do you guys think about that? I think it's better than that, personally. Uh, we'll get into that. But, yeah. Sasha? Um, yeah, I agree with Aiden. I thought it was... I would certainly give it better than that. I'm not a movie critic, but um, I think I thought it was certainly better than that. Peter? 
Probably like slightly higher for sure. I'm actually fairly comfortable with that review. I think 71 is a, is a good, and I mean, I guessed it. So like, like I, it kind of proves like that that's where I was thinking it would land. Um, I think, I think it's accurate. Um, so I think next off we have our little non-spoiler reaction. So as the winner, I'm going to decide who goes first. And I do decree that uh, Sasha can go first. What did you think of this menu? Wow, what a uh, what a wild movie! Um, you, you'll hear me say it literally like every time that I've been on this podcast, except for maybe Bros. But like, this is another one of those movies where the trailer is so compelling that you just have to go watch the movie. Um, so you know, the first time I saw the trailer, I'm like, wow, okay, this sounds really interesting. Um, what's going on here? They're at this restaurant and they're like eating all these like weird foods that like, yeah, you hear about in all these magazines and on Buzzfeed and all these things like, Oh, we went and tried a $700 hamburger versus a 75 cent hamburger and things like that. So um, that in itself was interesting, but then you've got, I remember this like scene in the trailer where they're all like running in the woods. It's like, okay, well what's going on here now? So it's like one of those things where it's like, it's so, all over the place. You're like, okay, I need to know what's going on here because I need to figure figure it out. Um, as somebody who's watched the majority of Hell's Kitchen as well, um, <laughs> the, uh, there's that aspect to it, which is like, okay, let's see what kind of take they have on the food side of things and how close is Ray Fiennes to Gordon Ramsay? Is he like him at all? I guess we'll find out. Um, but I thought it was a really well done movie. And I think given the uh like with the theme and how it ends up playing out it's it's very different from what, from what i was expecting um so overall uh, a good enjoyable experience cool um what would you give it like out of five oh, like a rating uh i think i on letterbox i give it a four and a half so i'm four gonna be like long review um and so it sounds like would you re- recommend this to a friend yes cool um, let's hear from Peter. What did you think? Peter guy. Okay. Um, well, before, before I talk about my thoughts on the movie, I have to, I have to say I'm a big, big Ray Fiennes fan. I've enjoyed his work. He's a fantastic actor, a very charismatic person. So, uh, any movie that he's in, I'm already sold now. So like, it's a must watch for me already. Like before you, even, before you even see the trailer. Thank you, Alex. Um, but then, like, I feel like the trailer, again, did a very good job of uh, preserving the mystique, which a lot of trailers don't these days. Um, and I was expecting a different movie going in than what I was getting. Like, the acting was fantastic. The, the twist was great. And it was grounded, unlike um, See How They Run, which is sort of like a surprising third act twist. Um, and like the overall commentary and message was compelling, and I think they did a very good job portraying the message that they were trying to send through through the movie. Uh, the I think it's a solid four out of five for me, and I would recommend it to everybody. I think it's a very enjoyable watch. Interesting, uh, Aiden. What did you think? Yeah, so I actually saw the trailer and I was like, oh no. Like, I remember, <laughs> uh, like, I saw the trailer and we were talking about doing this movie and I wasn't really, I wasn't really too enthusiastic about it. I saw the trailer and I was like, is this going to be like a most dangerous game? Like, they're yeah. serving people. Like, this is, I was like, this is going to be dumb and I'm not going to like it. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised. I actually really, really enjoyed this movie. 
Um, I think this is the kind of movie and story I really like. I love these like self-contained kind of like dark and playful horror stories. It reminds me of like the kind of short stories that I would read uh, like throughout high school that I really gravitated towards. I love writing in that style. I love reading that kind of thing. Um, I think that 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 um, comparison is twofold and that if that's a good thing, but it's also a thing of I don't know if it necessarily has enough. I think it has the same gravitas as those short stories, which maybe isn't great for a feature length film. Um, but that being said, I don't think it's trying to be this mind blowing experience. I think it's I think it's very successful at doing what it wants to do. I would give this four stars out of five and I would recommend this to a friend. Wow. Okay. So lots of glowing reviews. Um, yeah, I, I have to agree with Aiden on like my thoughts about the trailer. I was pretty underwhelmed by it. I, I did think that it was going to be just like something I had seen before, like most dangerous game or more. What I was thinking was like, okay, they're making fun of fine dining. Like, so what? Like I've, I've seen this before. And I, I mean, that didn't really change for me uh, as I watched it. Um, I will say that like going into it, I did not know that it was supposed to be a comedy. Um, I thought it was more like in the thriller genre and it, like it is a black comedy horror and it does kind of balance between those two and it does, it has aspects of each one. Um, but I think the, I think that didn't matter. Like, like what I thought the genre was doesn't really matter. It's more that I was left a little underwhelmed the whole time and I didn't love everything about it. Um, yeah, I think the pacing was off, and I'll talk about that. I think it was a little too quick. I didn't love the direction. Um, I, you know, I love Anya Taylor Joy, and I think Ray Fiennes was great in this. And I think, um, I think the the second half is a lot stronger than the first half. Um, the first half was kind of leaning into like, okay, yeah, I know where this is going, and I thought it was kind of predictable. But in the second half, I found that I was getting a little more surprised. Um, yeah. And I, I, like, I guess generally, like I thought the movie was going to be kind of like, think Yorgos Lanthimos kind of level and like very like astute and, or even like uh, Ruben Osland, uh, who did Triangle of Sadness. Like I thought it would be a little more like high art and like, that's how like the film style would have been. And so like, I was just, I was just wrong on that. And so I was a little bit surprised when um, just generally it was a little more of a mainstream movie, which I think is, I think is fine. So I, I would give it like a 3.5. So like still fairly positive, but um, definitely go into it knowing that it's like a comedy and like a black comedy. And so, yeah, like I, I think it was, I think it was pretty good. That's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> um, just getting a lot of blank stares. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get into it. We well, will I think get into it. It's interesting that you made the comparison with Triangle because I feel like this and Triangle even though like what they're trying to do it are similar, like the way they delivered that was very different. Like Triangle is very over yes. the top, I felt like. I, and this I like movie this a lot so, more than Triangle. I feel like this one is much more grounded than Triangle. That's actually if interesting. You the two. Peter saw Triangle. Sasha, did you end up seeing Triangle? Not yet. Okay, so I so the those of us who have seen Triangle. I I think I like Triangle more than this. 
Triangle is definitely a funnier film. If you go in, I disagree. I one hundred percent disagree. I laughed. I laughed a lot but, in this film. I think yeah. Triangle wasn't very funny at really? all. You okay, you like right. hated Triangle though. So, like, I didn't hate it. Like I I gave it like three and a half stars. I just don't think like I think okay. I think this movie also does a better job of exploring its themes than Triangle. Triangle thinks it's doing a good job, but it isn't. I think that's fair. I think you can make that argument. I think that's, yeah. I think I think I wish that like it had explored its themes a little more. It was getting cl- close, and I think it does do a better job. This one is definitely triangle. more subtle than Triangle, like in terms of the theme exploration. Mm, no, I, I think yeah. I don't I think either are particularly it. subtle. I wouldn't call this subtle at all because like literally in the discussion points that I sent you guys, one of them is obvious, <laughs> like just the opposite of subtle. Uh, but I don't before... think it's like, I don't think it beats you over, we'll get into it, but I don't yeah, think it yeah, beats you over the head. It doesn't yeah. beat you over the head too much, but uh, anyways, before we get into our full discussion, we have to do a little thing. We have to do a synopsis. Now we've done some, uh, what would you call that? Self reflection yeah we've done some self-reflection and realized this segment takes too long frequently yeah. uh last time it stretched all the way to 10 minutes and so we we have a plan we have a plan listeners we are going to implement a new rule for our synopsis section it's going to be a hard two minute deadline so it'll be quite a uh, quick it's a challenge it's a challenge to get the synopsis in two minutes so uh i think aiden as the uh, loser lose. of of the uh, Metacritic score guessing game, you have to do the two minute synopsis. So, uh, okay. do you well, have first a timer? of all, pew, 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 pew. spoiler time, spoiler Thank time. You. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, do you want to run a timer for me? I sure can. Okay, count me down. Well, I'll just I'll just show you on my screen. Like, I'll just flip sure. it like this. Hopefully, it's not backwards. I just mean, like, uh, before you start the timer, count me down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. ready, ready? Are you ready? Yeah. I am. Ready? Okay. Yes. Three. Two, one, go. Okay, so we open with our main characters, Margot and Tyler, boarding a boat, and they're on their way to a very exclusive restaurant that's on an isolated island with this world-renowned chef. Uh, we're introduced to a couple of characters. Some One of them is like a famous actor. Some two are like this couple that are kind of old, and they've been to the restaurant a bunch of times. Three are these douchey investment bro-type guys who are embezzling money. As we get into it, uh, the movie basically follows the structure of... Um, the main chef, Ray Fiennes, is delivering them uh, various courses. The film is structured by the courses, and they're all different digs at the people. Uh, it's revealed that Ray Fiennes has this plan to kill everyone there, including uh, his crew, because of like the corruption of his art form, and he hates like what he's become and consumerism and all that. Um, as we go on, but Anya Taylor-Joy's character, Margot, is not actually supposed to be there. She... Um, is filling in for Tyler's girlfriend and it is revealed that she is an escort. Um, and she, so we have some conflict in there. Uh, she winds up, uh, like Ray finds recognizes that she's not supposed to be there. So he invites her to be part of the crew and she kind of is one of them for a little bit. Um, but she manages to kind of sneak away and she gets to a shortwave radio because um, things have gone really bad. They've killed people. A guy's shot himself in the mouth. They've cut off a guy's finger. It's gone really bad. Um, so we think that Anya Taylor-Joy has brought their saviors in, but it turns out uh, the Coast Guard is a, an actor from the crew. That sucks. Um, and so it looks like all hope is lost, but Anya Taylor-Joy um, 
says that she first sends back the food and then she requests that Ray Fiennes make her a cheeseburger invoking feelings of like, you know, why he started cooking. Yeah. Why he started cooking, um, which is like to actually make something that people care about and make it with care and give it to people. And she winds up escaping, but everyone else dies and they're like s'mores with chocolate and marshmallow. They die. Was that the timer? Yes, it was. Very good. Um, oh my god! It should have been a more interesting timer sound, but uh, <laughs> very good. And we got our two-minute synopsis, and uh, we can move on now. Thank you for that. Okay, so let's uh, let's get into our discussion uh, of this movie. So first, yeah. Off, so this movie kind of reminded me of E.T. Holy sh- Oh yeah! <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna have to break break the veil of mystery. We took a little break, and we started talking about the terminal, and then. Oh, how did we get to the other one? Oh, 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 Aiden said Ready Player One when we were about to start potting again. And then I was like, how many how many Spielberg references can we get in this? So now I've ruined the joke. Sasha, is that what are you holding? It's a red solo cup that's like covered no, it's, in like it's a bar oil. No, it's <laughs> a know? okay, it's a metal um yeah it's the same shape and size as one of those red solo cups but it's metal and it's a rainbow cup jasper got it for me for like my birthday a couple years ago or something you know when like you know like when oil spills on like pavement and it has a puddle it looks like that yeah it looks looks it looks like 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 a thin film interference yeah but it's no it's just the cool color scheme anyways we have a movie that we're supposed to be discussing right now uh and it was supposed to be a comedy movie so sasha what did you think about the comedy um you know I thought it, I I I didn't really pick up on it a lot. I mean, from the trailer, like I, I know in the trailer, there's that one scene where uh, where Elsa's talking to them, and uh, she's like, "We, you know, we grow, we ferment, whatever, and we gel." And uh, Barbara's like, "They gel, we gel." And so I thought well, that was like <laughs> that's kind of funny. And so I thought, like, from that, I was like, "Okay, this is gonna, this is just gonna be like a horror movie. Like, it's gonna have some comedic elements to it." I definitely thought they were there. Like, I think they played up the like finance bro thing, the trope a lot. That was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few lines like that, uh, that Ray Fiennes had that were funny. Like, I think the whole idea of like this kind of cult around him of like the staff um, was, there was some comedic element to that. Generally though, I didn't see a lot of it. Um I thought it was more like I would say it was like probably 80 20 or 85 15 like drama to comedy. I think it was still there, but sure. I wouldn't emph- I wouldn't put emphasis on the comedy part if I had to tell somebody about this movie. Yeah. I mean, it is to be fair, it's a black comedy, yeah. so usually in those kind of films it's not trying to be super like outgoing funny as like a general comedy. Um so I and I think a lot of it leans into horror like you said and the blackness of the comedy and just trying to be like super dark and setting up that like dark tone yeah i i like i didn't think this was like a knee slapper like at no point was i like i, I wasn't like darn tootin hootin and hollering yet if you know what i mean <laughs> Is that a but, uh, movie? <laughs> yeah yeah so this I, but i was thinking like it does remind me of indiana jones and the temple of doom uh, just <laughs> um, no, I was going to say, now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I thought the movie, I was, one of the things I was concerned about as it was going on, I was like, okay, am I going to like the balance of comedy to drama, thriller, horror, or whatever? 
Um, and I actually quite liked it. I thought it picked its comedy spots really well. And I thought that like a lot of the comedy that I really loved was just like the background stuff that was happening. And it was something that like, if you caught it, it was like, Oh, that's funny. Like there's one line right near the beginning where the actor guy, he like, he makes that kind of awkward joke to the finance bros. And then we kind of cut away from them. We follow Margo and Tyler walking into the other room and we hear him say, cause we're on a boat. And like, it's just, it's just like funny lines like that, that like they're always in the movie. I thought that shit was so funny. Like I actually, I was, I was, I was chuckling and giggling throughout this whole thing. Like when it wanted wow. me to. Yeah. So. There you go. Um, the other thing is I was thinking about this uh, earlier today and, and yesterday as well, but the other movie, and I'll, we'll probably allude to this later on when we um, go into the other points, but um, another movie, this kind of was reminiscent of vaguely tangentially is uh game night with uh oh, yeah. mm. and rachel mcadams and like obviously two very different movies they're obviously trying to accomplish different goals but premise wise you know they're they're kind of evoke the same things and so like the comedy level in that one is very different obviously but um they're kind of they're similar in terms of what they're the story they're trying to get across and so yeah i, I think obviously the menu wasn't going for that at all um, they're near nowhere near that level, but I think they, you know, they tried to include that comedy. I think they did to to some extent, um, but yeah, it wasn't like super explicit, and you know, that obviously wasn't the goal of it. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it was funny though. Like even though like I didn't know going into it, it was supposed to be funny. I was laughing at particular times, not not as much as like Bros or even Triangle of Sadness. I was laughing a lot more personally yeah um i don't know like i think um trying to think of some funny things that happened but i well, can't really well, like remember too many one that tyler's i tyler's yeah yeah that's what i was, that was gonna say is tyler's bullshit was hilarious um and the birthday cake um the birthday cake joke would have been funnier if i hadn't seen it in the trailer yeah. i think um yeah. i don't know like yeah like I, so I, I thought it was pretty funny um there's a bit of like poking fun at fine dining and it's not quite as egregious as it was in Triangle of Sadness because they made like a very obvious joke against fine dining in that movie. Yeah. And I think Aiden and I agreed that it was kind of like, okay, yeah, we know. Yeah. And I, I did feel like a bit of that, but I mean, I think as a whole, like this movie had a bit of a reverence for fine dining yeah. instead of a disdain. And I, I really did appreciate that. I so. liked the way it handled fine dining, how it was like, it, the problem with his cooking, as it's revealed in the end, isn't that, like, it's fine dining. It's that, like, he's kind of lost the care he puts into it. Like, when he makes the cheeseburger, that isn't saying, cheeseburger better go to McDonald's, fuck fine dining. It's just saying, like, this is something he cared about. And he was like, oh, I'm crafting something that someone's going to really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right on that. Um, but, I mean, yeah, on, on Sasha's point, like, it is, it is a bit of a duel between... Um, comedy and horror or maybe one might say a war of the worlds um, <laughs> and a populist too <laughs> uh peter what do you want to say i'm actually i'm with sasha on this one like i chuckled a couple of times but i don't think this movie overall was that funny like there were a couple jokes i laughed at but like majority like I think I was just so grabbed by the tension that the movie built up that I, I'm, I wasn't in a state where I can just comfortably laugh at some comedic moments, you know? 
Um, yeah. Were you were you in uh, the Twilight Zone the movie? <laughs> this is a stupid game and i'm not playing it anymore <laughs> um anyways let's just move on from this um let's talk about the direction and the cinematography um i i really didn't like it i'm just gonna go i um, i loved it i didn't i'm in between you guys so i didn't no! <laughs> i didn't Again. i didn't love it like i think that it was quite standard in a lot of ways. Um, like, I think that one of the notes I wrote uh, regarding cinematography was uggo lighting sometimes. And yeah. I think that's true. I think sometimes the lighting is like, I don't know, like put like, it's just, it's like the face is in shadow and it doesn't feel like that's a stylistic choice. It just feels like the face isn't lit well. And it's mm-hmm. like, I didn't like that, but I actually did really like, I think I liked how in the beginning, like the various tables in the dining room are directed differently. Like you can feel a difference in pace in their conversations. And this is, this is, um, ameliorated by editing as well. Um, but I I actually really liked, I think the directing worked really well with characterization. And I, I think we got a really good sense of who the characters were without using really obvious dialogue. And I think a lot of that was direction. Yeah, and I think, like, the way the conversation between tables are interweaved into each other is very Yeah, cool. I like that, too. Yeah. Um, and, like, I have a big point on, like, the way some of the th- scenes were shot. First of all, the, the way they introduced all the courses, I thought that was, like, a fine touch. I really enjoyed it. That was so fun. I loved that. Yeah. yeah. Um, With, like, yeah. And also, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen this show called Hannibal, but, like, Hannibal... Uh, in like Mads Mikkelsen's Hannibal, mm-hmm. um, he is Mad like Mix. there. There are lots of cooking scenes in Hannibal, um, and like the way they sort of like they made cooking such an ethereal experience is like quite amazing. You know, like I kid you not. Like I'm not a huge horror fan, and like I know Hannibal is like you know, uh, <laughs> it has horror, horror elements in it. But there was a compilation on YouTube that's like Hannibal cooking compilation. Um, and I watched that. And I was like, dude, I need to watch this show. Um, like they did something similar here where they sort of they almost like levitate the cooking experience into something more than just food. You know, the way they ha- execute the dishes, like um, like the many of times that they describe cooking, we gel or like uh, Nicholas Holt's character thinking like, mouthfeel or stuff like that like they sort of turned cooking into almost like a sexual experience which is sort of like uh well like i mean and the, some of the way it's okay. shot like the shots were very intimate i guess is what i'm trying to get out of. um like the, the the shots of them cooking and uh they turned like just a standard very procedural action into something beautiful and i thought it was cool yeah um just some like facts um Apparently they got like, yeah, I think the DP or the director of Chef's Table, like the Netflix series, oh, yeah. he was the second unit director. Ooh. Oh, cool. So, like they had, they had a guy from that, that world. That's cool. So yeah, I think it was a good decision. And so he would have been doing a lot of the inserts work for like- I thought those were so fun. I love yeah. yeah. These are great. Yeah. So like a, a second unit director, for those who don't know, usually does things that don't involve the main cast or- are like very niche things. So like action scenes are often second unit directors or like in this movie, it would have been um, more likely the food things. Um, so I, I think that was interesting. And I think it shows 
Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like the direction, I think what Aiden was getting at was like, it's pretty generic. And I just feel like the whole thing was a, like, uh, kind of like what I said, it was a little obvious for the beginning. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was all right. It's a lot of like, um, what do you call it? Like rotating shots around the tables, like using a slider and. But I really like, I don't think this movie isn't trying to be an art movie. I think like, like you said, like it's yeah. trying to be a more mainstream movie. I think it works well for what it's trying to do. And I think that in both in writing and directing, you're supposed to think you have this movie figured out in the first half of it. You're supposed to feel that way. And then it starts to twist and turn and you're like, Oh, where's, I don't actually, I don't actually know where this is going. Um, so yeah. I don't, I don't see those things as necessarily flaws. I think that my real take of this movie is I think it just accomplishes what it sets out to do quite well. And what's interesting is Mark, my, my Lloyd, um, he's hasn't done a whole lot of movies. So he hasn't directed a feature in 11 years actually. And he's done three features. Uh, what he has been doing in the meantime is mostly television. So he did, I think it said six episodes of Game of Thrones uh, starting in season five. So I think he did two and five, two and six, and maybe two and seven. Uh, And he did quite a few episodes of Succession, actually, a show that I really like. And so he he does a lot of the first two episodes of the season and last two episodes of the season. Like he gets into that pattern and does those ones uh, for Succession specifically. Um, So I think... I think that shows a little bit, like, because a lot of this, like we said, is people talking over each other, and and I think that would have been like good. That would that would have been like in his realm of experience. Um, yeah. Uh, only other thing I have for this point is that um, I picked up on this pretty quickly, and I I wasn't sure if I was right, and it turns out I was. Um, the background of like the sea like through the shot of the window in the restaurant. So like there's a huge window in the restaurant and you can see the ocean. And I was watching and I was like, something's weird about like how it's like the people look weird when behind their head is the window and then the ocean background. And so very quickly I was like, is that the volume? Like is that the 3D screens? And while I wasn't right that it's, it was blue screen. Oh. So it's actually a step below the volume. And I I think that checks out because like like I said, it was a weird kind of like it's it's the outline of the people's head looks mm. kind of weird and bright or I don't, I don't know what it was, but like it, it is a little odd because, um, yeah, the, the restaurant was built on a studio, um, at least the interiors. Um, I didn't notice yeah. that, but if that does that's not good <laughs> yeah yeah and i yeah. thought like like just you know the background the ocean background never changes and it it's very like soft and there's no like texture to it like you don't see the waves or anything mm. um but um, that's a small thing let's talk about um pacing and editing sure. uh this is the first thing i wrote down in the movie um it's pacing at the start especially is very fast i found it to be which i think is good like, I, 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 I don't want it, but I don't think the first thing I wrote down actually was do we need this first scene and I was thinking like man like I don't give a fuck about like the all, all this prior stuff I think we do need the first scene because you not you need to see like normal 
I, mm. I don't think it's important, but like I really liked how the movie was developing the plot and characters in tandem with each other. Like it wasn't like yeah. we're we're sitting in the first act and we're going and going and then we're gonna wrap it up. I really liked how it like it kind of speeds us into the interesting part of the movie and then it slows down a little bit there. And then I think it, I I actually quite like the pacing. I found myself never bored in this movie and never feeling like I wanted to linger on a moment more. Interesting. I I think you're right in that, like it is trying to get to the interesting part quickly, which is, you know, it's good for people who want to get there quickly. But like, I, I found myself, I think I wrote down (laughs) kind of like in a food pun way, like, I wanted to savor the moment mm-hmm. a little more. But I feel like I there's no like, moment to savor. Sorry, I cut you off. I I I disagree. I like like I really like Anya Taylor Joy as an actor, and I wish that the scenes at the beginning had just a little more room to breathe. It's not as egregious as Black Adam was, but it's the same general realm of issue in that every shot isn't held long enough. I I just wanted some more pauses. Um I yeah I just I just feel like it speeds through quite a bit. It 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 levels out when you get to the restaurant somewhat. Uh I do think that the movie could have been longer. Like it's only what an hour 46. I think it could have been a 2 hour movie. Like I, don't I think, think it's so. I I just think in the way it's well, okay, maybe not 2 hours. That's a lot more content, but um I just feel like they trimmed the hell out of it, I think. And I think well it was the same with um See how they run. That movie felt too short because sure. they wanted to get it into a runtime that. Would but that had big pacing issues. I think this that one, one had really big. I think this one is more intentional. That you're saying we have two hands poking up though, and I'll let. I know, I know. Uh, I'll just <laughs> one last thing. I I found that also the pacing kind of ruined some of the jokes. So like okay. the, the the birthday cake joke was very sudden, and there wasn't a lot of build up to it. Mm. I still like the punchline, but yeah, I just I think the pacing wasn't great. Let's hear from uh, Peter. So I don't think pacing is a huge issue for me personally. It's just like at the beginning, I want to learn a lot more about the characters. And sometimes the conversations happen really quickly. Yeah, you can't catch all the points. And, yeah. But like, yeah, but you learn about them as it goes on. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I'm going to say. Because like there is like a scene later on where Ray finds basically like, like literally tells you what's wrong with these guys. And like, there's usually like a scene where you have like the characters reveal like what they've done in their life that, you know, made them sort of who they are or like, why did they did, why did they do bad things? Like they made it obvious later on, which sort of makes up for it. But like, it would be nice if the conversation is a little longer or is like slow down a little bit. I agree with Alex on that. Thank you. Sasha. Um, I think to speak to like the, the aspect of the pacing and like, um, especially at the beginning, I think I know, like one thing I noticed is that like when they start introducing all the dishes and like they cut away to the insert shot of each dish and then they have the description of it, it seems like there were some that I was like, wait, did they actually introduce this? Like the, for the ones at the beginning, I remember like, okay, yes, they definitely showed this, they showed this, but then after I'm like, wait, did we get an introduction shot for this? Like I couldn't remember. So I think either that's just me being forgetful or I think it was kind of, it became like each course became really more drawn out later on, um, which is like natural because, you know, the whole sequence where, um, where Margot goes to, to the chef's house and then like has to go 
Um, and then there's the fight scene there with Elsa and like where when she's going to get the barrel. And so that obviously is just naturally going to be longer, but it was a little bit, I found it kind of inconsistent in that way because, um, you know, partly because of what was happening, but I think it was, it was kind of like the effect that it had was like, you were kind of confused as to what was like, what had happened and what was going to happen still. And it was hard to predict what was to come a little bit. Interesting. I I like that it was kind of off. I I, th- I think it was trying to put you off kilter a little bit, but I think I liked that. One thing I will say, one critique I had of editing is that I agree that there were certain shots where I was like, oh, I wish they just held on this shot more. But I didn't yeah. notice that at all during the beginning. It was the the biggest example I can think of this is there's one shot when the angel investor is being lowered into the ocean yeah. and he's drowning. Um, it, there's a shot where it's from the outside of the building and it's looking through the window. And we also see in the reflection of the window that the angel investor is being lowered down. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is sick. They're going to hang on that shot and we're just going to see the whole thing go down. And then it cuts like, I think during him being lowered, there's like, there's like eight or nine cuts. Like it's, there's like a lot, it's like a lot. And I was like, I think this would have been a cool moment just to see it. Like, I think that would have been a lot more horrifying. Like it wasn't necessarily a pacing thing for me. It was that certain moments were undercut by not hanging on a certain shot more. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. No, I I don't think the editing was perfect. This isn't going to get like an editing Oscar by any means. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's move on to our next point. Uh, A point that I called obvious and I might be the only person here, so I'll just explain my thoughts. Yeah, it wasn't very obvious. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, good one, yeah. Um, I think, especially at the beginning, I was like, I I felt like I was very aware what was going on, and I found it kind of predictable. And I was like, okay, I I know what you're talking about. Like, it's very clearly about class. I found that it wasn't like, you know, bash you over the head with it, but like, it definitely wasn't subtle. I mean, to know that it was supposed to be a comedy, probably, I would have been like, oh, okay, then fair enough, whatever, it's a comedy. Um, and I think, yeah, like, I just, I had wanted, a, like, a more of a puzzle or, like, a thriller out of this, uh, but that's just a matter of tone, and I guess you can't really complain that a movie wasn't what you wanted it to be, but, I guess... um, yeah, I, I think my main complaint was that, like, it's a little predictable. Um, and I, I, I don't know if this fits in here, but like, you know, when Ray Fiennes does like the clapping thing yeah, I, and the yes jet, like I just found that really annoying and pretentious after a while oh. or even from the beginning. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't find okay. it. Like, I felt like it was like trying to be very clever with the sound design, but uh, I think Aiden wanted to say something first. Yeah. I was going to say, that's interesting. Cause I wouldn't say this movie's really about class. I think that's part of it, but I, I don't think that's the main focus. I think that like, you're definitely supposed to right off the beginning think, okay, it's like this chef is punishing these rich assholes. Like a hundred percent. You're supposed to think that I don't think the movie is under the impression that the audience doesn't know that in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's more about like art and art in relation to consumerism and that entanglement. I think one of the more interesting and revealing lines is um towards the end when he talks about how like in order to get to this echelon of his craft of his art like he is now serving people that he hates to serve and who don't appreciate it and like 
he like so like the commercialization of art but then also like the pretentiousness of artists often and like because he you're supposed to kind of side with the chef a little bit and think like yeah these guys are assholes and they deserve to be punished a little bit but then also it's like he thinks he's doing this grand thing that's going to like make a change and write things but it's nothing it's ultimately nothing and i think that speaks to this like some artists get so full of themselves that they have this idea that they bear the weight of the world on their shoulders and they're going to within a single brush stroke like fix a problem or something and it's like that's not how that works and it's like so there's a certain amount of yes your art has been corrupted and that's an external factor but you've also become diluted through that process too and i thought that it actually did a very good job of like slowly laying that out for you towards the end and you, you really understand that that's what it is so i saw it more about art in general than class specifically i think it's i think it's both i think i think it can be both about class i think class is very heavily in part of the dna of the movie but i, but I, I think it's I, I 100% it's, agree that it's, it's purposely trying to make that obvious i don't think that's like okay. that's not the thing you're supposed to dig into hey okay. hey that's food pun <laughs> Peter, what do you think? Well, like, I think I agree that it is definitely trying to make commentary on class, but I, again, sorry, sorry, Alex, I think Aiden's right on this one. Um, okay, I'll be the black sheep. <laughs> so I, I think, like, it's not, like, for me, I think it's less about art than more about food, but I guess it can be expanded to art as a whole. But, like, I really love how it is sort of, paints you a picture of the story of this chef how he started and where he ended up now and how he sort of forgot about like why he enjoys cooking in the first place and the way that uh margo is sort of like grain that back into him which is like a really lovely story really uh and also on your point about sound design and the clapping i thought it was actually really clever because uh, like the clap is like the loudest sound that like in throughout the whole movie like it's very pronounced and also you hear it right away it's sort of like it sort of snaps you back into you know like this sort of commanding figure mm-hmm. commanding like you know his kitchen basically and i and, and i thought it's like a really powerful moment every time he did it like it frightened the the guests and also i sort of like it sort of frightened the audience as well like it's like what's he gonna do next you know do you know do you know what movie this movie kind of reminded me of in some parts what pig and i think like no no you're a hundred percent right i was, I was thinking, thinking about that pig during the multiple movie. times yes. yeah which is funny because i also don't care for that movie oh i love pig i love pig, i know and so, i know you yeah. like that movie i don't like fine dining movies like, you know, it's you not know, about like, fine dining that's not what the movie's about it's not the really. setting it's the setting dude just, you know like, you don't know, like nicholas cage know. digging truffles so no, good. I didn't like I didn't like that movie. Um, anyways, uh, your your point about the clapping, I just like I think the movie is very aware of like and like the creator of the movie is very aware. Cameo from Peter's housemate. Um, um, I think the movie's very aware of that, like the commanding whatever the clap and like it thinks it's being very smart with the clap, and I just I think it was. A little too when you guys, much and like too obvious. Sorry, when you guys say that, when you say it's being, it thinks it's being smart with the clap. What do you mean by that? Because I never, I didn't see it as being. I didn't think that they were. They thought they were tricking me 
or something. Oh, no, no, no. I don't no, no, think no, no, it like... is like that. Like, for me, I think the clap is just like... You like uh, the clap. What are you trying to explain here? I'm, no, he I'm said he said we, we said it was smart. And well, I you think both it was, said it was... Yeah. You said it wasn't okay. clever, and you said it was, but I didn't think of it in terms of cleverness at all. I just Peter, think of, Peter I just think of it like when when the clap happens, it's sort of like like obviously it may like at first they were like oh wow this chef has like really disciplined kitchen and then but as the movie progresses the clap sort of just like symbolizes the next course right and then eventually when they get to dessert it's like the end like the end of the of the meal and the end of their lives you know so like the clap progressively turned into like a symbol of horror almost and I thought that transition was really smart and very cool. Because it frightened I, the guests and it frightened like the audience as well. It's like, what's he gonna do next? What's the next twist that he's gonna pull in the course? You know. I, I thought it was like a good narrative. Like, it, I thought it functioned well as that, but I didn't think it was like a super clever thing. I don't think it was trying to be a super clever thing either. Sorry, Alex, what were you gonna say? Because like it's very pronounced, you know. Like, like when you yeah. hear the clap, yeah. it's very loud, you know. Yeah, I yeah. think it. I just think it's too much. I. I also too much think, of like, what? I don't, I don't understand the. I don't understand. Yeah, I'm okay, sorry. I'm not trying to be rude. I just don't. I straight up don't. No, no. Understand I know. I understand that you're like just confused. Like, I think I didn't like how like they boosted the sound, and I think it was like I honestly don't know if it was a clap. It sounded like a whip at times. Like I think they might have added some other sounds in there. No, I'm serious. Like I think that's a filmmaking thing. No, I think you're add right. in fake like sounds that aren't yeah. real to enhance it. So I think mm-hmm. they did that, um, and I think it was like trying really hard to go into that high-end cinema like we were talking about because most of the movie isn't it's not like any high art like it's like what i said um yorgos lanthimos or ruben awesome like that kind of like cinematic whatever Mm. it that was one of the cases where i was like oh it's trying to do something really like that and i just felt like it was a little forced the whole clapping thing and like they're trying to make like a big thing out of it like oh man he's clapping and oh i'm gonna scare you with this clap and i was like I didn't see it as anything like like they were trying to be artsier or more complicated. I thought it was just like a good way to signal the next like it's literally it's a good way to change the scene. Like that's how I saw it. Like it's a good I way think, to to yeah. shift the scene. And I didn't think it was anything more than that. I think even if it had just started off more subtle and then progressively because I think from the beginning it's a close up shot of him doing the hands and a loud sound. So if from the start it had been just like a wide shot of him doing it. And as it goes on, it gets louder and closer. I think that might've been fine for me. I think just okay. going so hard from the start and making it so intense, I was like, okay, calm down for like a, a bit. But uh, anyways, let's let's get into the movie and start talking about things. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing I want to talk about, let, sure, let's talk about the bread. Sure. I, I well, thought they were pretty clever. Yeah, the the cool. bread dish, the breadless bread dish. Um, it was very like, so for those who didn't see like um he talks about how bread is often a symbol for the poor and seeing as he's feeding the rich and they don't get the bread they get like all the sauces or whatever you would put on the bread and that's all they have to eat is those little sauces so like i I thought that was pretty clever that was kind of fun it was a fun little gag yeah and i thought it was a good way like because they they progressively escalate the way that they're um like uh making fun of and attacking the rich people and i thought that was Mm. that's a good way like it starts out and you could like sort of like it's definitely a fuck you but it's it could be a playful fuck you and so they're not immediately turned off by it i thought it was yeah it helped with the build Mm -hmm. sasha 
I thought in terms of like the idea, it was like, I mean, on the one hand, I was like laughing because it's like, yeah, like it's just funny that it's like, oh yeah, you get everything but. But then on the other hand, it's like, ooh, look at me, like I'm gonna give you all these like nice accoutrements, but you don't get the bread. Ugh, I'm so fancy. <laughs> um, but like the other thing too that I found really funny is like the food critic. She's like, oh yes, this emotion is broken, and then they just keep giving yeah. her bowls. Yeah. <laughs> Here's another uh, broken emotion for you. And so I think it was like, and I think that's one of the comedic elements to it, which is kind of it was like a comic relief throughout. Um, and it's just one of those background things that that I thought was uh, worked well there because it was very subtle. But um, that was the one like really memorable thing. The other thing is like that was one of the uh, one of the many moments where Tyler is like, you know, you can see like how he like because um, like the, the contrast between him and Margot is like she's like you know trying to be rational about it it's like okay well this is stupid because we're literally just eating like oils and like whatever toppings they go into it so like it's so profound it's like okay no shut the fuck up like you're literally just eating sauce from a spoon like nobody wants to do that um so I thought that kind of that's uh, was one of the I think one of the best examples of him like being one of those foodie people and exemplifying that attitude towards the food peter dude and honestly uh, i don't know if you guys seen but there's this show on hulu i think it's on like if you have amazon prime the bear sorry the bear no 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 it's a great that's a cooking show um it's basically nicholas holt and uh ellen fanning oh yeah i'm not sure he's like like the czar of her or her sister but like basically like nicholas hall is the exact same guy from that show yeah like no, he's just right. like yeah. dumb and like silly like being ridiculous in every single scenario he, he's just that guy with an american accent basically <laughs> okay cool i thought you were going to talk about the cooking show the bear and so it's funny that it no, was completely no, different no, no. okay um uh another meal that i have written down to talk about is uh the mess i think this was probably the first meal where it's like, Oh, I like what they're doing. Like, like I wasn't surprised as soon as they rolled out the thing. I was like, like the, the, the tarp, I was like, Oh, someone's dying yeah. like a hundred percent. And so like, you know, it was still in the realm of like, Oh, I know what's going to happen before it happens, but I really did like the scene. And I think um, the idea of it was really interesting um, for those who didn't see it. Like the mess is um, basically one of the chefs is trying so hard to be like Ray Fine's character, but, he's not good enough and so he he uh commits suicide and it's not they don't like serve him up which would be really dark but like they serve his dish after he killed himself so it's not uh, that he's not good enough uh well aiden can explain after but uh peter actually raises his hand first so let's hear from peter well aiden um i think i'll i'll why don't why don't you explain it and then hey, we'll, clarify we'll, 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 first whatever sure. but like yeah, why talk. don't you explain it and then we'll comment on it yeah me okay yeah um yeah. yeah so it's it's more about like how like this utter devotion to this thing and to being the the greatest and being great and being exactly like Ray Fine's character has like diluted and corrupted like his, the passion like the reason he's into cooking in general. And so it's like, it's kind of like a soullessness. Like he's gone to a point where in pursuing his dreams, he kind of ruined his life, even though he kind of achieved them. Like, it's not really about his cooking talent. It's more a commentary on like, like obsession and like the obsessiveness 
of I, I think an artist, but in this case specifically a chef, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I think, I think totally. And I think like what's so cool about it is the the final two questions Ray Fine asked him. It's like, uh, do you think you've like do, do you think you've achieved this? And he's like, I think he said yes, chef or no, chef. I forgot. But then like the final question really hit me. It was like, do you want my life? And then he said no, chef. Yeah. And that really hit me. It's like, like it, all the things that you've seen, yeah, you've interacted with this person for so long. You've devoted your life of becoming this person but then when you eventually see like the life he's living you don't want to become him because you don't want to carry his burdens and like his griefs you know and like you're at a point where uh you, you, you somehow like it's like never meeting your hero almost sort of, sort of like that mm-hmm. it's like you've seen the person who he truly is and then your your dreams are shattered basically in, in that in that state and then and I thought it was very poetic that he killed himself. And that's sort of that's also like a turning point in the movie where like shit started getting real. So um the other thing is if I remember correctly, I think it was it's the same like Jeremy, the chef who who dies in this scene, is he's the same chef that uh Tyler talks to at the beginning, like right when they first get to the restaurant. Um oh, and there's fairly certain it was the same chef but i think they uh like he this conversation that they have like it's um tyler's kind of showing like he's like he's like oh is that uh like you made that with a paco jet right and so he's like talking about all these things and so it's like and jeremy's like oh yeah you should know, you know your stuff and so i think that was kind of like you know obviously this his death was planned but it was like that was a um that was kind of putting it's like oh you know this guest who's dining at my restaurant who you would think is you know gonna be wowed by this food it's like okay well even this person is like you know even he knows all these things and he can do that too so it's like you know what does that say about my skill and my life does it undermine it and i think that was something that it it, it indicates another thing is like what margot says after she says you know you're gonna ask him his name because he's tired like oh you know my name uh it's like but you know i'm gonna ask him his and so it's like he's treating him just as this you know another cog in the machine in the restaurant machine just making food and it just it makes his job and life by extension seem menial uh, and i think that contributes to the despair and the sorrow um that drives him to his death yeah uh yeah i was just gonna say that one of the other things i really liked about this scene was it's another example of like something happening in the background that like like it's just like is quick and like it's something that you either catch or you don't or you notice or you don't not that it's like hidden but like before you know that he's going to shoot himself you see people out of folks in the The, background pulling the pulling the blinds across the kitchen and i like there's a bunch of stuff like that in the movie and i think that's great yeah it was a good detail yo can Um, we also sorry can we also talk about the reaction to that scene how like some guests was like this is all part of the show it was also it was a good escalation of that same thing i think as well where it's like if you were in that restaurant like would you believe a guy really just killed himself like in front of you you know what i mean so yeah no i think i think you guys are right on that um and it's it's more believable, or it's more believable than it could be like a, a stunt if it's the staff member. But then when you escalate later and yeah. the customer starts getting affected, you're like, not yeah. quite as sure. Um, I realized that I hadn't included some of the other meals, so we might as well just bang them out as well. So sure. uh, one one that we skipped was the I don't know what they called it, but I'm calling it the ecosystem. 
I just really like that one. I think maybe the re- the reviewer, yeah, the rock yeah. thing. So I think the reviewer says it's like we're eating an entire ecosystem. Yeah, we're I eating really the like ocean. That. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So so she she says we're eating the ocean, but somebody says we're eating an entire ecosystem, and I just that's love how like yeah. that's like beautifully put. That's class. Yeah. It's class commentary. Like like right. the rich just like you know, or and even just like people in general, how food is like taking stuff from the entire ecosystem and it's like a very destructive force that is yeah interesting. yeah that is very interesting and i liked how it was like it was taking things from nature and like supposedly you're supposed to turn into something beautiful but instead of it it's this kind of like it's just this fuck you like that i, I think that works well okay um i agree like alex i find like the your point about the rich eating the entire ecosystem that's very interesting. But Aiden, to your point about like food in general, I think the way uh, Nicholas Holt's character puts it, uh, Tyler puts it, is actually very accurate. It, uh, he said he doesn't give a shit about all the other artists, but he really likes chefs because they do, they're almost like gods in a way that they put, put they use raw materials and produce something beautiful. And I sure. think that's such a powerful way to describe cooking you know but he's he's what i'm saying is that ray finds in this course isn't making something beautiful and so like it ties yeah. it t- is it? no it but it's like it's just this kind of like a little bit of a petulant self-absorbed like diss at somebody instead sure. of taking it to make something beautiful yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's very, like, sure, like sure. this is fine dining. Like, this is what yeah. you would expect. It's not, I like making this. It's, here's here's the ecosystem. It's yeah. very, like, um, egotistic. Oh, it's making fun yeah. of the soullessness, like, of it. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's that's pompous. what's getting. Yeah. It's pompous. Yeah. Sasha? Well, there's, there's another line where he says something about, like, you know, oh, I'm just, you know, putting this together and it's just going to turn to shit in your stomach. It's like, well... Okay, if that's if that's the end goal of it, why go through this destructive thing? Why ruin an entire ecosystem? Well, okay, that's because he's like, like lost his faith. In the, that's yeah. a different context, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a different context, but it's just like you could apply it there and be like, okay, well, I think it fits in. It's, yeah, it, it's making it's like those two things together. It's like it's part of the mockery of the fine dining. It's like why go through all this effort um, if it's literally just gonna, yeah, literally end up in the toilet and yeah, you'll absorb some of the nutrients, but. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... Hey, do you guys know, fun fact, do you guys know that if you eat gold leaves and, like, just, like, gold products in general, you just shit it out? It doesn't get digested. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I didn't know that. Thanks for the fun fact, Peter. Fun facts with Peter. Can you do this every week, actually? Can you bring a fun fact <laughs> for the week and then just randomly drop it in? I think that'd be really funny. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think it's interesting, though. Like, like cooking is one of the only art forms that, yeah, it, it's destroyed to be consumed like like consuming that art form it is then destroyed and rendered into poop so um not many other like you don't you don't eat movies and turn them into but i think like cooking is one of usually not paintings you could i I think just throwing that out there you could eat painting you could eat a painting and you could eat film stock if you tried to that's also true yeah yeah Yeah. what else could you eat let's name some art that you cameras not directly the art itself. It might take some that, time. You might yeah. have to, yeah. But you could eat a camera if you tried. What else? Sculptures? Could yep. you yeah. Sculpture? 
Yeah, you I want like a rock bust, a bust of a like oh. a head. Well, um, if you broke it into small enough pieces, then you yeah. Could, okay, yeah. there are some metals that like indium you could chew like gum. So yeah. Oh. Do you think any statues are made of indium, Sasha? <laughs> I have no idea. I all I know what what I know. I'm just oh. Well, speaking of man's folly, um, there's a dish called man's folly, <laughs> and basically that was the moment where it was like, would you call it greatest, most dangerous game? And yeah, um, yeah, and it yeah, was also so kind of like catch me if you can. <laughs> I was sitting on that for well, like half God, an hour. So well, good. Oh my yeah. God. As soon as I looked oh. up his movies and I saw that one, I was like, oh yeah, I know exactly oh, what I'm putting this in. That's a good callback. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're good at this podcast thing. Anyways, uh, so Man's Folly, um, basically the guys have to go run around and try not to get caught by these chefs and the women get to eat something. <laughs> um, Peter, I swear to God, stop touching your microphone. Um, and also, it apparently like Ray Fines tried to fuck his sous, sous chef. Sure. They just throw that in there, and that's something yeah. that, uh, like, upon reflection, I was like, "Why did they do that? Why did they just like bring it up once, and then it has no bearing on the meaning, as far as I can tell?" And I think the like point that? is just to be like, to be like how far gone he is, and like this is supposed to be a night of repentance for him, and like. Yeah, it's, I like it, it from that. Too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but but like like okay, so yeah, I like that it's like repentance and it's a night of his very like self reflection. Um, but it's it implicates a lot, you know. You can't just casually say he tried to fuck his sous chef because then in in our current era, it's like. Well, now a whole lot of questions appear, you know. Yeah, and it means a lot more. Well, I think. Like, to be clear, I don't think he does a good job of repenting. And I think that's part of the point of the movie is that, like, like I was saying earlier, like what he's doing isn't really repentance. It's just like meaningless. It's this meaningless, like pseudo symbolist bullshit that that his art has become. Yeah. 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 He's trying to like repent by doing more stupid art. By theater. It's not, it's not authentic repentance. And I think... Like that sort of thing, like would have elevated this movie for me. I think just like, like I but think, I it think has that's some there. Points. Mm, I don't and think I like it's that not it's there. I like that it's not yanked to the top of the, the surface of the movie. Okay. I like that it's it's woven in a little bit. It's woven, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, like all the things you're saying are true. I just think like a, I think there's a version of this movie, you know, done by a better director, maybe another polish of the script that I would have liked more. Mm. So, and I see that and okay. I, I can't really pinpoint everything, but anyways, people have sure. things to say. Let's hear from Sasha first. So this is one of the scenes that was in the trailer where they're running in the woods. And I was like, Whoa, why are they running in the woods? And then when I saw why they're running in the woods, I'm like, okay, sure. And then, Oh my God, they're running in the woods. <laughs> well, the consequence was like, Oh, okay. They just all got brought back to the restaurant. Anyway, yeah. It was very, that's funny. There were, yeah, there were definitely like, I can see the goal of like, yeah, he was trying to repent for for his actions, but like, at what cost? Like, there was no cost to what happened. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. It was dude, just, I told, I totally like, thought they're all gonna get stabbed in the leg or something. Yeah, like because that's like, what he wounded or injured. Yeah. The only thing that happened was the one guy got a meal. 
or, or like a dig. Yeah, that was hilarious. Tyler that was tries to take funny. a bite. Oh, no, yeah. sorry. Tyler, Tyler grabs a bite of the the women's dish when he comes back. Oh no, no, like it was the guy hiding in the 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 hen house. Yeah. He, yeah, he got he got the, yeah he got uh, he got the funny. special dish for the last man. So they like, know it was funny because like he's a chicken like that's what his character is and he's like <laughs> right the chicken so that was kind of sure. Um, Do they but, know that he was gonna hide in the hen house? Because the dish is very specific to yeah, his very hunting. very very egg chicken related. Did oh, they have like several? Dishes prepared, like based on the hiding. <laughs> like, okay, is he hiding in like the canoe storage shed? Let's give him a canoe. I don't know, <laughs> like seafood on a canoe. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, was he? Yeah, was he hiding in the ocean? Like, give him seafood yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. Anyway, sorry, Sasha. I think I cut you off. Did you have anything else? No, really. I'm just gonna summarize and say, yeah, it was it was a weird execution and very inconsequential. It was kind of just like I a, agree. It was just like a, kind a of point, theatrical yeah. break, but yeah, I, and I guess. Yeah, I think I, I think I totally agree. Like, I wish that there was more consequence to that, and yeah. not just like, like I, it is man's folly for like trying to run away, and it's clever. But yeah, I, I also I thought they were gonna like totally chop off Ray Fine's dick in that. Scene. Yeah, I thought, I thought I thought he was stabbed in the dick. In yeah, first, I thought I that's saw. what she did. I thought she yeah. stabbed him in the balls, yeah. and and it's like just in his thigh. And I was like, that's. How does it have you to do with guys man? Are crazy. It's pretty, it's, guys are crazy. It references what the the story he tells earlier when yeah, he yeah, stabbed his father. In his in, yeah, so I think yeah. it's just about men's uh, violence in general. Did, did he say that before that scene? Yes, yeah. it was the memory okay. dish. And actually, let's talk about it after. But also, they use the same scissors that yeah. they. Oh, I forgot. Scissors. You're right. That they I serve the memory the dish with. Uh, yeah. That's stabbed with Ray That's clever. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk about the conversation uh, between the ladies in the room, though. I thought that conversation sure. scene was so interesting. Like, like, uh, like I love how like they just slowly came to acceptance that they're all gonna die, and then and then the the behaviors of like the ultra rich start to like descend into chaos. Um, like at first, like I don't think any of them would like they don't seem like smoking people. And then several of them just started smoking. And then the, the lady was just like, oh, yeah, just take the whole bottle, you know, <laughs> they started drinking. Um, and then I, I also like like how they try to please the sous chef. They're like, oh, yeah, this dish is amazing. Because blah, blah, blah. Like, she started crying yeah. for context. The sous chef started crying. And then how, how did you yeah. miss that? That's the whole point. So the sous chef starts crying and then they're trying to comfort her by saying, really? your dish is great. How did you miss that? I really thought, like, the okay, I really thought, like, they were trying to come, like, compliment her for a chance to get out of there. And I thought but it was yes, hilarious. But they see her crying as an opportunity to do that. That's Sure, sure, yeah. sure. But yeah. I just, and I just thought it's hilarious that, like, she shuts it down in such a beautiful way. It's like, oh, yeah, actually, I came up with that idea. Yeah. Also, okay. I, I don't know if this was, was the idea. Sorry, yeah, so, so. I don't know if it was the scene, but I just found it funny where like um, the chef's mom just walks over and grabs the wine bottle. Yeah, uh, that was funny. yeah, that was that was <laughs> that was previous to like yeah. them closing the door. Yeah, let's talk about the memory uh, dish though. Like, what's the point about, about the chef's mom being there? I think he hates his mom, but he doesn't really explicitly say that. Like, or she's he, just there's... there in the background drinking, and eventually got burned alive, like everyone else. She. He explained it, but I don't remember. Like, yeah, but like I in the memory scene, there's a line later too where he he only talked about like, oh, 
Well, he said he's he just introduced everyone to his mom. I thought, like yeah. in the yes. in the in the memory scene, he only talked about like how his dad's always drunk. Then his mom yes. screamed at him, and then he tried to uh, sorry, his dad tried to choke his mom, so he stabbed his dad with a scissor in the thigh. That's all he talked about in terms no, of family. There was, there was something either before or afterwards. There's his in a later mom, scene, like, he says something about his mom. I thought his mom like either enabled him or like wasn't yeah. Like a, approving or something like it's something. One of the, like, it's something like that. Really? Yeah, he says okay. that later. Yeah. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Then. It's very uh, Norman Bates. Because like, Norman you guys Bates. also mentioned like he, him trying to repent for himself. I felt like it's less about repent and more about revenge. Because like these people have all wronged him in one way or another in his life. I no. think the actor point no, was like he is a kind wrong. of. A lot of those people did not affect him. They just did shitty things in. Yeah, general. he sees them just so, as like a symbol of people. like the shit he hates and that he's become a part yeah. of. Yeah, I think that's a more, like, that's a better way to put it. No, but he's, like, like repenting. Li- yeah. Literally, only John, only, uh, Legizamo's character, that's the only one that personally affects him, I think. Well, there's the guy, else. the people and who are the regulars, three, and then the they three can't. financial bros, yeah. they, their boss invest, invest in the company, made him Yeah, but they didn't thing. do anything. Yeah, they didn't but, do anything to him. Yeah. The but, bad thing they did was lying in general but yeah okay yeah they're just they're just shitty people and um jolly grisamo's assistant didn't do anything she just got student loans from no she didn't get student student loans loans. she didn't go to brown she probably went to like a really expensive school and didn't get student loans she said she went to brown yeah and she didn't get student loans so she's rich yeah the implication and so he's like okay no you die because you're rich it's like oh and also like was she trying to get a divorce with the with the she married to quint she wanted to quit. Oh, she wanted to quit. Was, that wasn't was his wife. Personal assistant. No. Okay, okay. It was very clear that she was the personal assistant, yeah. Okay. I feel like the tagline of this movie should be Eat the Rich. Yeah. Is it? I need to find a poster because that's so obvious that I almost, like, I, and I feel like I never saw that as a tagline. Well, what's the alternate poster on Letterbox? Is that on the poster, it says painstakingly prepared, brilliantly executed. Where does it? Did they not come up with the Eat the Rich? Because that's, well. Bro, that's, that's a very opinion. that's a very AOC style line. Didn't she wear like a dress that says like? She did not originate that at yeah. all. Like, yeah, she, she wore did it wear a dress that said that to the Mexican. But like, that's that's just but she did not thing people say. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on. Um, my favorite twist of the movie was when we find out that Tyler knew what was going to happen that evening. Yeah. Yeah. And he invited Margot. Anyways, that was the moment where I was like. Oh, I think I like this movie actually because I was I was surprised, and that's like it really elevated his character for me because before I just found him really annoying, being like, yeah. "Oh, I need to take pictures," and "Oh my god, the food is so great!" Like he sounds just yeah. like that, and, and and then it turns out like he's actually like a sinister like douchebag yeah. who is yeah. willing to like kill this. Yeah, he's like, well, I mean, he's, I mean, a sycophant. he's such a sycophant that he's like too. Exactly. I don't like, really he's think a he's psycho a douchebag. He's literally oh, crazy, he you know? Yeah. We raise our hands here, guys. I think we've learned this. Yeah. Uh, Sasha, what do you have to say? <laughs> well, I think it's also raised the question what is, like, what's going on with him that he would voluntarily go to this meal knowing that he was going to die? Is it out of devotion only for the chef? Yeah, he loves this yeah. chef. He wants to eat at his restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, but why does he want to experience it? Like, why didn't he just go? You know, a day earlier. Why did he go on the day when? When he... I don't know, man. Okay, I think... he's gonna die. Like, 
They yeah. literally corresponded for six months. So I he think was invited. Like, he wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I but guess, he, but it's just, it's, it's interesting to be like, you know, an interesting thing would be like, what's his backstory? Because all we know about him is just that he's this food, he's like pretentious food guy and that he was talking to the chef and that's it. There's less like, oh, and also and like, because, and the other thing too is like all of the other characters in the tortilla scene they've all got something like going back and incriminating yeah. yeah yeah whereas okay financial records um the movie that the chef a therapy a fair pictures but then for tyler it's just like pictures of him taking pictures of the food which he's not supposed to it's like what but, but so nothing is really shown about his character beforehand and so we don't actually know anything about him which is no, so great him from everybody else mm-hmm. i would say that alex we raise our hands here well, look at what I'm doing right you now. You are out of order. But it will allow it, but you are out of order. Yeah. I am I am responding directly to Sasha's point. Um, the pictures of the Torsia scene, I was confused, but thinking back on it now, the picture of him taking pictures is what is proving what Aiden said. His crime, his sin, is that he's a sycophant and that he's yeah. like glorifying the chef. Okay, yeah. And so that's why, that's mm. what's symbolized in that photo. Okay. And I think what you're trying to get at, Sasha, is, you know, why, what's going on in his life that he's willing to die for this experience? And mm. I think it's the fact that he's so obsessed with the chef and with being and like observing and being like consuming this experience or whatever that like he's, he is willing to die for it. And as we see later with the Tyler's bullshit scene, which is next, he's kind of like broken inside because he can't there's a separation between what he admires so much and his own skills yeah and he spoiler alert ultimately does take his own life in the end anyways um i think peter had something to say next though yeah i just thought like like first i think our our, us commenting down like his sycophant probably accurate and also i just i just (laughs) i just love how like everyone has done something that's like wrong but then his reveal felt way more personal than everyone else's because everyone else is either like a picture of a fair uh just shady financial shit but like his reveal felt a lot more intimate than than these like other more i guess like incriminating evidence for me and i just want to comment on that so yeah i see this as like the chef sees him as like one of the people who have corrupted this thing that he loves so much mm. through his like sycophancy and through like like he doesn't really care about the food it's about like the prestige yeah, that it's comes all- with going to restaurants like that and canoodling with these types of people and being privy to knowledge that other people don't know and he doesn't actually like that's revealed when he cooks the meal he doesn't actually have any idea of how to deal with these raw materials from the environment. He can't make something beautiful and he can't really appreciate the beauty. And I think that the chef sees that as like, like a big part of the reason why he lost his way. And he has a lot of resentment, both at himself and people like that as a result. And, and I feel like I love the, the fact that Ray Fines pointed out that he, like people like Tyler took away the mystique in the art that they are literally eating food just to mm. deconstruct the food. It's like, oh yeah, I recognize this ingredient. Oh, did you use this ingredient in that in that dish? It's like it's less about enjoying the dish as a whole experience and more about thinking and breaking down what's in the dish and what makes this dish the way it is. You know, 
Guys, he's making fun of us. The filmmaker, like that's we're Tyler. <laughs> we are we're Tyler. breaking down the dish. <laughs> Fuck. That's Big embarrassing job. for us. Hey. Um but anyways, uh, I was I was just going to say that it's very this whole movie is very Sevenin. Um S E 7 7 by I always call it Sevenin. That's what I call by it. By David Fincher. Yeah, well, I think I got it from you cuz that's it's clever. Um but like just the idea of uh, very like motivated killings based on um, what do you call it? Like psychological or like beliefs. Um, it is like, it is kind of sins it, in this too. Sins. Like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. 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 So I think that's interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, the next scene uh, I like to call dunking on Tyler. <laughs> <I just> love, <laughs> it, like it feels very much like a one-on-one basketball game where, Ray Fiennes just keeps like literally dunking on Tyler <laughs> and just like shitting on him. It's, yeah. I just, yeah. That's not what happens in the movie, to be clear. But basically, Ray Fiennes calls him out and makes him try to cook something. And he's like, so shit. And he makes undercooked yeah. lamb. And the, the one of the funniest gags in the whole movie is cutting to like the chef's table shot of the mm. of his dish. And it yeah. just, it's called Tyler's bullshit. And then it, like yeah. every ingredient has like a dis adjective attached to it so like undercooked lamb shitty leeks whatever it was yeah. but you know um i i love that scene it was very funny yeah yeah i, I honestly one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie like i thought like it's like you can't feel like tyler's helplessness but also like it's so funny that the fact that you know a person who loves cooking so much knows nothing about cooking but i'm just i want to ask you guys what do you think um the chef whispered into Tyler's ears. Like, what? What do you think? Like, he told him to sort of. I I don't I don't want to use motivated, but like like pushed him over the edge to make him kill himself. Yeah, no, actually, let me take this up. I think he said, "Hey, little toady creep, you're a little crawler, fawner, flatterer, aren't you? You little flunky doormat lick spittle, you little pissy minion hanger on leech puppet spaniel. <laughs> you're such a mommy's bootlicker, yes, man." Brown nose suck up, you are slicker, suckle, ass licker, ass kicker, kisser. What the hell? Yeah, that's that's what he's a, that's a, I actually was thinking the exact same thing. Okay, what well, I just want to pull back the curtain. I looked up synonyms for sycophant <laughs> and then I read them out in order <laughs> with a couple of additional yeah. words, but that's yeah. what it was great fun. Um, yeah, that's what I think he said. I think, yeah, Sorry, he, just, have... he, he pointed out that like, he was, like, kind of, like, empty inside and, like, didn't give a fuck. So I feel like, like, Tyler's, like, a very insecure character and he just pointed out, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, you're nothing and, yeah. Um, but I was going to say, yeah. one of the few shots that I was like, oh, this is a fucking great shot in the movie was also in this uh, little section when, it's, I guess, a little after, but when Anya Taylor-Joy uh, sees his body hanging and it's, like, it's, like, kind of a wide and we see it through a doorway and he, like his face is completely in shadow, and so we can just kind of see, like like we can't see like above like his chest because it's just dark, and like it's uh, actually a really haunting shot. I think it's really good. Um, I I actually don't remember that. Um, I do remember like the shot of the feet dangling, yeah. and you see yeah. her through the doorway, but I don't remember the reverse of that. Um, because it's yeah, it cuts right to that from the shot you're talking about. I might have blinked and missed it, but. Um, Anyways, after that, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy goes to the chef's house. Uh, kind of an inevitable thing. Like, I was, it was pretty clear that that was going to happen. Um, and, I mean, there's some interesting things in there. <laughs> um, uh, like, the, uh, the chef's bedroom is a replica of the kitchen. I really, yeah. I really like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Bed was kind of in like a random spot, which I was like, why is it there of all places? Like, you know, it might have been more meaningful somewhere else, but I thought that was kind of clever. Yeah. The whole idea. Sasha? The thing that I, like, this point in the movie, I was like, no, you've got to be kidding me. Because, so you see that same silver door in, the, in that room. Yeah. You also have the silver door that. Elsa said something very special is behind. When that door opened and I saw like the replica of the kitchen and the dining room, I'm like, don't be another one of these psychological movies where it's like, what's going on here? And then it wasn't I'm like, okay, good. But for the second there, I was just like, holy crap. Uh, okay, no, don't do this, please. Um, so yeah, that was kind of weird. But I, the other thing is like, with the house, it was like, I mean, yeah, it's it's the, the the fact of like having his kind of background in there with like you know the, the pictures of him like his upbringing not upbringings like his beginnings as a chef and all that it was like you know it was kind of poetic but it's also kind of cliche it's like oh it's like you know coming home and it's like where he you know where his roots are um, but the other thing is like i mean it was yeah it was interesting because it's like also elsa dies in the, the kitchen there and so it's like oh great more death in the kitchen i guess so it's fine those are all kind of the things i noticed with it but also the mystery of it at the beginning too which was it was, it was very it was very shutter island like with the lighthouse in that movie mm, it's very um it's very psycho and norman bates like I, I know i already said that but here especially when he goes into the home and that's that's like directly from psycho where the home is representative of the different structures of the brain like the freudian ego id super ego kind of thing and the so you have the bedroom is one and then you go into the further chamber and it's like his core memory like deeper desires or whatever so yeah yeah. uh peter okay i just want to say that like he just wants to say uh, yeah (laughs) um okay like, I understand, while I was watching the movie, I understand they sort of need a little bit of tension when Anya's exploring the house. But, like, killing Elsa was so unnecessary. Like, what does that accomplish, you know? Like, from a storytelling perspective, like, other than creating tension in the house, there's nothing else, right? Surely I think they wanted, like, a, a good action set. Yeah. Piece. I agree I that it, it, that, like felt it a little, that felt a little tacked on to me. Uh, and honestly, like, I thought they would use the kitchen a lot more. Like, you know, like, because, like, there's a lot, like, in other action movies, when you're in a space like the kitchen, like, they could turn on, like, the stove, you know, that can create, like, some fun scenes. You can use a bunch of tools around in the kitchen. Turns out they were just smashing each other with coffee machines and then stabbing each other. Well, she's like, not fucking John Wick. Like, she's struggling for her life. True, and she's, true. like, a skinny person. Like, she's not going to, you know, and, like, I... I don't, I think that would be unrealistic. I think the fact that she's like actually sure. just like, you know, like really trying to defend herself, I think that was yeah. portrayed. And also, like, why did, why was she like, oh, Chef is trying to replace me? Like, what? I don't know. <laughs> it was really yeah. random. Yeah, obsession, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. So, <laughs> one of them things. See, some of this movie is just like, yeah, yeah. Sure. Pass it over. Okay. Yeah. There, I agree. That's a moment where it's like, okay, whatever. And like, it's kind of, there are, the, in this, in the same movie, it explores that idea better. So, yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, after that, uh, we get the Coast Guard bit. Um, that was so funny. I loved that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was good. 
Yeah, yeah, I think it, I think it was a good scene. I don't, I don't know. I don't think there's a lot to funny. talk about. No, it. it's just kind of. I think happened. to say that it was funny is weird, but no, know. like I love how like the gun is actually you know a lighter. That that bit was hilarious. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I the only thing is I I saw two missed opportunities in that. Um, like he's he's like oh yeah this guy is actually one of our staff. Oh, he staff. fires and okay no never mind keep continue yep. What are you talking about? No, just like, let me finish. God. So he's like, yeah, he's one of our chefs. I don't under, like, it was clearly an opportunity to be like, yeah, he was one of our chefs. Didn't you recognize him? Of course you did. Right. And they didn't do that. I was like, oh, why? Mm, That was a great opportunity. I mean, you don't have to do, you don't have to do all the things I'm thinking of. But I don't know. Do you think that that's an example of being a little too obvious? Um, Maybe it is. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Peter, what are your thoughts? On okay, that? it's kind of funny. I don't, I don't remember when he mentioned it exactly, but he mentioned a quote from uh, Martin Luther King about how the yeah, op- that, that movie. Oh my god! Yeah. How, how about how the oppressed must stand up for itself in order to like you know defeat uh, oppression? Yeah. Um, and I find it really interesting that like you know how sort of he made a comment about like in our current society, the oppressed doesn't stand up for itself. Because, um, because reasons. But like uh, in this scene, the oppressed, which is actually the guests in in this scenario, who who well oppress other people in the outside world, um, they can't even stand up for themselves in the same scenario. Like they, like the most they can do is done through a note. Even though that like like Ray Franz mentioned, sometime in the movie that if they like banded together and actually fought their way out, they probably could have. You know, and I thought that was pretty interesting. That yeah, when he said that, I was like, could they have? They're severely outnumbered. I was like, I don't know that they could have done that. And they're like, well, I mean, I think it's really just to like say that to like sort of like make you think. It's like okay, so like if when the the people oppressing people are in the oppressed shoes, they can't even get out of that mode to sort of fight for themselves. I would think. I mean, that also has to do with like. Like they'd have to band together, and I think yeah. they're fundamentally incapable of working together. I think they're very selfish every man people. For themselves. I think and, it's yeah. also like entitlement. Like they would never think that someone would would really do that to them. Be mm-hmm. doing something like mm-hmm. this to them, yeah. and so like I like it's that. not I like until it's too late that they, you know. Yeah. Sasha, what are your thoughts? The only thing that I thought was strange about the scene was like where, like, once the coast guard, as the coast guard's about to show up, they like put an apron on Ray Fiennes and like put a bandage around his hand. Like, what was that all about? Like I was like, dude, they're, they're trying to make it fun, bro. They're trying to make you think no, what, like, what the fuck are you talking about? They're covering up all like hints and clues. I know, but like they know him. that the guy coming in is one of their own. Yeah. yeah but they're trying to convince act- the guests that yeah, the they're trying to, yeah, that's not the question. They're Sasha, trying to make the it answer fun. Is, the answer is there was a blood. Yo, okay, yeah. On- but what about his hand though? What was on his hand? I forget what was injured about his hand. Okay, that's probably. Sick. I don't remember. But Peter, you—that wasn't the question. It was literally like, what was wrong with his apron and what was wrong with his hand. Yeah. Um. Anyways, after that, we get the cheeseburger scene. Only thing I have to say about that is, I was really hungry. I was like, man, I could use a cheeseburger right about now. <laughs> that was yeah. the most appetizing-looking food in the whole movie. I yeah. love that scene. That scene was so good. Like, again, I think back to the point where how, like, they make cooking such an, uh, like, ethereal and just, like, levitate that experience. Like, the way they shoot the cooking scene is just 
fa- fabulous in this movie. And the like the subtle shift of Ray Fine's facial expression just tells so much, you know, about like his progression as a character and as a person. And I think yeah. that that's good scene. You know? I will say I liked the ideas behind the scene and I liked the turn I liked the way it was acted. Um, and I, I like like what it means within the script, but I actually this was one of the most overt problems I had with the movie was in this section, okay. which was I think his turn is too quick. Like when like Margot stands up to him and is like, "I'm sending the food back. I want cheeseburger. Give give me give me burger." Yeah, I don't know. I felt like it was just a little bit like would he really break down that quick? Like, I know that he's like made a bit of a connection with her. And I know that she's discovered the picture of him flipping burgers and the thing. I I understand, but I felt like he was so firm. No one's getting out of here, including you. You're going to die. And like, I don't know. I didn't quite buy him flipping on his morals here. I understand that he's going to die. So it doesn't really matter if he lets her out. Like I get that. It's not really a consequence to him, but like, I, I don't know. I think, no, I think that's a great point. It's kind of silly. Hey, buddy, I also raised my hand, and I raised it first. So you can Alex did raise it first, Peter. Um, so <laughs> Peter's making faces. He's being super sassy right now. Um, I think I think you're completely right. Um, I. It's kind of funny that, like, all you had to do to beat him at his game was use logic. And, like, yeah. suddenly, like, that's the yeah. joke is to yeah. use a doggy bag. It feels very, like... Ooh, I'm a clever screenwriter. This is yeah. how I'll escape. I'll use the rules of the well, restaurant. It's also because that's like a frowned upon thing in fine dining. Like the idea of a doggy bag is something you'd scoff at in fine dining. You'd think like that would make him want yeah. to kill her more <laughs> instead of less. Well, no, um, because he like, because he resents the, I understood it. I think it made sense. It was just too quick. Like we didn't see enough of. Yeah. Uh... Enough, yeah. I didn't have the same issue, but I, I agree that it's kind of silly that, like, that was it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just needed to make a cheeseburger. That that's and... what solves the problem, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, reminding him of his love of cooking, I think maybe that's why he gives her mercy. And yeah, less... well, I think 100% that's what it is, yeah. On, like, honestly, if it was just, like, the fact it's that the, she reminded him... It's the pig moment. Of... It's another pig moment. Sorry. It is, seriously, it is a pig moment or a ratatouille <laughs> moment. Like, it's all the same fucking... They can't think about an original thing fine dining movie genre anyways um i think it's the fact that you know she reminds him of why he loves cooking yeah i don't know why they needed to do the whole doggy bag routine like it i think it was enough that she makes him feel again or something wait what what's the doggy bag routine what's that what's that referring to it's her out it's how she gets out because she's like can i have it to go and it's like, oh, you clever girl! If you get to go, you get to leave the magical island for free. You know, yeah, whatever. I saw it more as like in fine dining. Like, if you asked for like a doggy bag, it would be like, ugh, like the portions are measured and and whatever, and like you're not supposed to do that. And like he has the chef has developed this incredible disdain for like what fine dining is and the culture around it, and so her saying. Like, oh, I really liked this food and I want to have it later. It's not about this, like, all oh, the experience, like all this bullshit that's been built up. I like this food that you prepared for me and I want to have it later. And like, mm-hmm. so I think that's what it's the point of that was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I see. I, I get you. Yeah. yeah. 
Peter, what are your thoughts? Well, I just think like like if you pick up the subtle clues of that entire scene, I think it makes perfect sense that he let her. Tell me about the subtle clues. I might not have picked up on that. He he let her go at the end. First of all, that this is the first dish in the entire movie that the chef personally made. The chef's never like always been like a supervisor type of figure in the kitchen rather than like getting it you know getting his hands dirty actually making the dishes you should have you should have a, a youtube channel that's like cinema sins but it's peter's subtle hints okay. so, so ding there's one okay give me another subtle hint um and then and then also like again facial expression very important um, ding! All right. um and and i think like it, it makes sense man like he, he, he sort of like he wants to get out of this world but he sort of like too far gone to sort of like pull to like to to find his will to like live again because he felt like he's sort of stared way too far from the from the path that he imagined himself going so he doesn't really want to live but then she sort of like ignited this spark back in him and that sort of inspired him and this is sort of like you like you like you described like you made me love cooking again so i'll let you go type of thing what I'm saying is, like you said, he's too far gone, and I think that he's been established as being very far gone. I don't believe that that spark was lit that easily. I, that's what I'm saying. Right, but then you also that's think about how she, how she how she like she challenged him and his fine dining ideas throughout the movie, even before that she discovered that. Yeah, but you know, he's very firm and doesn't give her any leeway up to that point. He like he doesn't. He doesn't give her any allowance. He doesn't compromise on anything he's saying there. Well, but but I think it's about what you say exactly, right? Like, cause like I felt like the the burger thing is a very personal moment to him. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. like it's sort of like like if you think of a um if you think about like a life as a journey, it's like one of the fundamental milestones that he's reached. It's like like getting your yeah. first paycheck almost. If you've you seen know? Inside Out, the Pixar movie Inside Out, it's a core memory. Right. <laughs> if you if you see Westworld, it's a it's a cornerstone or something, um, but 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 like um, I I don't remember the cornerstone, uh, but but like I felt like these memories are special to people, and the fact that she's able to evoke sort of his nostalgia for that and eventually reignite his spark, I think it it makes sense to me. I just find it okay. odd that like the reference you made at the end is like, oh my eyes are bigger than my appetite or something. <laughs> eyes are like, bigger than that's, just, that's just like something you say. Something oh really? That's just the same? Because yeah. it's yeah. funny because Anya Taylor-Joy <laughs> mentioned in an interview that she got made fun of as a kid because she has really big eyes. You think the writer was dissing her? Yeah, I, really, I thought like it's so tailored to Anya. I was like, whoa, okay. That's another one of Peter's subtle references. And he's like, what the fuck is this line? It's like, the writer's like, man, the writer's like, you, you want me to say I have big fucking eyes? What is this? <laughs> subtle Peter Hinn. Yeah, um, no, that's just a that's just the thing white people say, I think. But anyways, there's a <laughs> oh, final man, that was an appetizing <laughs> cheeseburger though. That cheeseburger looks so fucking good. Oh my god. Anyways, this movie ends eventually. Yeah, there's a sure scene does. where everyone becomes part of the last dish and it's a s'more and they light the plates on fire and everyone has these awesome I don't even know what chocolate hats. Marshmallow shawls and yeah. chocolate hats and it's it's so funny. Yeah. I I think I they're fezzes, chocolate fezzes. 
yeah and, like i that scene was very fun i really like that ending scene um, um uh, more about the sorry Sasha, go for it. Well, i i knew when i saw the marshmallow vests i'm like oh god i know exactly what's yeah. going to happen here but i the funniest thing like this is kind of, this is just a personal thing but the funniest thing was when when ray finds is just describing like the bastardization of the s'more and how it's just like the most insipid thing like i just looked over at Nilsson because i remember we'd had this discussion on our camping trip and he was like yeah i don't like s'mores i'm like and so we had this whole discussion about it. And I was just like laughing. I'm like, <laughs> just because, you know, I had the conversation. I just thought it was hilarious. But yeah, it, I, you know what? I will say the the ending was kind of, it was kind of glorious in a way because it was like, you know, he goes, stands in the middle of this fire pit and the staff is like, we love you too, chef. And then the characters all just kind of accepted their death. There's this one hilarious shot where, the food critic is just chocolate like dripping down our face. Yeah. I have something to say about that. That was really pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I thought it, I, I thought it was a good ending scene. Um, I thought it was pretty well done. And then there was like the kind of culty thing where all the staff is like staring at the barrel as it zooms in on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a follow-up question. Were you, Sasha, were you, I guess was it Dilson Ray Fines who was talking about the bastardization of the small. Well, no, they both were at different times. In movie, <laughs> okay. Yeah, in the movie, Ray Fines was talking about it, and the camping trip, and Dilson was talking about it. Oh, okay, okay, I see. Okay, um, I have to, I have to say something about the s'more though. I really loved how he he was like trashing the s'more, right? But then he said, like the catalyst or something, like the fire, sort of transformed all these trashy ingredients into something beautiful. And I, I thought it was really well put. Like even though he just like the concept of a s'more, but he really likes the concept of using fire to transform dislike things into something beautiful. So I don't think that's what he was saying. But anyways, get in line next time. Aiden, what do you have to say? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was gonna say I like Sasha was saying that shot of the chocolate dripping into the woman's eyes. It, I think it's great, and it reminded me of. And I swear to God, I have this written. It's not a bit. It reminded yeah. me of Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, <laughs> Raider of the Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah. I, knew, I knew you were yeah. saying that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. it could be a bit too, but yeah, no, yeah. you're right. Um, yeah, and then the movie ends. Hooray! Final. Mm-hmm. Another movie with the final girl. Have you heard of that trope of yep. like horror yes. movies? Yes. Oh my god. There's uh, one girl left alive at the end. Like I mean, Barbarians one. Uh, and then X, I don't know if you guys X? seen. Oh, X. Sure. Uh, I don't know if you guys girl seen. Was probably yeah. one. I haven't seen it. But. I don't know if you guys have seen this movie called Ready or Not with Samara Weaving. She yeah, basically yeah. like. Uh, and then the ending is so reminiscent because it's literally her in like a bloodstained dress. Like her dress started off white, and then it was yes. bloodstained at the end lighting a cigarette chilling on the porch and like this in this movie anya was like ch- like with blood on her dress as well and then just chilling on a boat eating eating a burger <laughs> you'll find that the final girl final scene is very similar yeah, yeah. right yeah yeah sasha um so i thought like this very last scene i thought she was gonna die too because there's a scene like where she like wipes her mouth with the menu roll credits yeah. um and uh but she I don't know if this was just me or like there's this there, there's this expression she kind of had or she just stops for a second. There was th- this moment, but also so many others. Poison. I thought for sure there was gonna be poison in something. Oh really? And that she was just and that she was just gonna die eventually. Um, but I guess not. So which was good because I'd rather like somebody survive this ordeal. Um, but that was like I was like for a second and my heart just dropped. I'm like no, oh my god, she's gonna die. I was like oh wait no, she's okay. like she's just eating that burger. 
Okay. I thought for sure that she was going to look at the menu and it was going to say two things. Tyler's bullshit and Anya Taylor's Joy's hamburger or whatever. I thought it was going to be so meta that like Ray Fiennes nah, knew exactly nah, what yeah. was going to happen. Nah. And I knew that like the odds of that happening were pretty low, but like I, w- I was like, oh, she's the, looking at the menu. Like the, that's what it's going to be. Right? The guy's not supposed to break, you know? Like him breaking is not yeah. what he yeah. planned. You know? It wasn't planned. No, I know that. But yeah. I, I mean, there's other instances of him tricking us, right? With the Coast Guard. So it's yeah. not completely out of the question. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. this is the end of the movie. Do we have any final thoughts about commentary? I know I yeah, I, I, I said everything I want to say. Pretty yeah, much. I, I, yeah, I felt like you. Yeah, um, but Peter said yes emphatically. So yes, I want to. I want to talk about like I know Aiden relates back to art in general, but I just want to talk about like dining in general. Uh, sorry, dining as the food as in it, general. As it pertains to the movie, though, yes, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I think. <laughs> sure. I think what this movie. What this movie commented on about dining is very, very interesting. Because, like, um, I think if we look at our world in general, like, art in, in general is head, headed towards a direction of abstraction. Uh, like, whether it is in fashion or in food. Like, the the models that we see on runways are not... Like, they're wearing clothes that everyday people don't think they will ever wear. And in styles and combinations that are so wildly exotic, that's just not for the everyday people. And I think dining is headed towards the same direction as well, where like the, the, the idea, the concept behind a dish is almost more important than the dish itself. And I love how Ray Fine commented on that. Like, you know, like, like, like he started off cooking as, you know, like a burger flipper. And then eventually, like he's in a degree where he's cooking for people he doesn't want to cook for and making food without love because he does not believe in the concepts behind food anymore. But because this is how our culture is shaped and how the food critic talk about, like, you know, mm, I like this concept behind this food. Like, this is how we're reviewing food now. And if you don't go with the time, you're not going to get a job as a chef. So I think the commentary made on that is very clever and makes me think about our culture surrounding that. Um, I know what you're talking about, but like, I don't think that's like a new point by any standard. Like, I think people have known that Fine dining is very like niche and weird, and most people don't eat that. But that's been a a joke since like maybe even the eighties. Like it's been around for a long time. Like you're not you're not wrong that it is a point, but I don't I don't think it's saying anything new per se. I was gonna say that um, I think the movie is um, kind of like commentary on film. And I actually just before this, I was trying to I was trying to find out if it was blue screen or not the thing. And I found an interview, and it actually did mention that the director was saying how there's a connection between what is shown in the movie about fine dining and cinema. And I think I think yeah, I think it's really interesting. So like how they talk about like it's an experience, it's ephemeral, so you can't take pictures. Like it's in the moment and then it's gone. Um, there's the person who goes into the movie knowing what's going to happen and wants to enjoy it anyways. Mm. Um, there's the critics. Uh, and one of the things that offends Ralph fine, Rafe Fine's character the most is the actor who did a bad movie, mm-hmm. right? Because he lost <laughs> sight of the art. Um, yeah. Peter, you laugh like um, Jared Leto's Joker. <laughs> Just right there. Uh, no way. Uh, it was not that sinister, uh, was uh, it? Uh, yeah, like that. Um, anyways. Any other uh, final thoughts on this movie? 
I've said my piece. Said my piece. Yeah, well, good. Sasha, could you say that you've said your piece? Yes, I said my piece. I think I said my piece too. Okay, so we're gonna move on. Aiden, well, I, I would say that it reminds me of West Side Story, actually. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm fucking around. It's another. It's another. It's we another, gave up on this bit. I closed the tab. It's another. It's another Spielberg one. It's almost yeah, like yeah. Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, like the color purple, like uh, the Fablemans, like uh, uh, the uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, like it's a good movie, by the way. The Goonies. Oh fuck! Wait, is it? Uh, That's okay. produced probably. Yeah. Anyways, um, we have a segment. One might say this movie should have had a Close Encounter of the Third Kind oh. with a particular alien. Aiden, what's the segment I'm talking about? Yeah, so I don't know if you guys have noticed, but this podcast is called Predator versus Movies. We've done the movies part, and now it's time to get into the Predator. We ask the bold question, would the alien from the movie Predator make this movie better? Yeah, maybe. maybe sure. Dude, yeah. During, during the men's foley hunting scene, Predator just goes <laughs> up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, um, I think Predator just would have been a, um, a chef. Just one of the chefs. No way, say, bro. That would be hilarious. Everyone's just human looking with like a chef suit on Predator's this gigantic alien yeah, body yeah, over the top. Like, yeah, chef. Whatever, yeah, yeah, like Predator's That's art form is hunting and killing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay. Talk about the, the hunting industry. Yeah. yeah. Any any other ideas? No, absolutely not. I don't see Predator fitting in. <laughs> Uh, oh, I know. A dish that's shaped like Predator. Like oh, a sushi God. roll, oh, yeah. like arranged to look like yeah. Predator or something. Yeah. Bro, what if, yeah. what if the Pre- actor Predator? guy was in one of the Predator sequels? And oh, it was like a that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. And he I was, found it I was so thinking, offensive uh, that he made a Predator shaped dish. Oh, yeah. A cappuccino. A cappuccino. Yeah. Art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, what if Predator was hidden on the boat? <laughs> at the end it's like friday the 13th like he jumps out and kills her <laughs> no final girl everyone dies yeah okay uh anyways that's enough of that we have another, another segment, segment right we have another segment sure, oh my god also predator segment. related somehow yeah what do we do it's, it's called predator's picks what guys <laughs> what <laughs> yeah you're supposed to answer the question peter uh, what <laughs> so uh all of us we talk about rex and anti-rex of the movies shows music that we listened to over the past week so okay great thank you peter uh sasha can go first what have you seen watched listened, whatever oh god i've uh been looking at my computer screen a lot and typing a lot of words so i haven't been uh haven't been watching much i've been watching curb your enthusiasm just uh before i fall asleep recently uh I started watching this very obscure Sean Connery movie called Medicine Man that my drug design professor told us about, um, about Sean Connery and I don't remember who his co-star is, but they like go into the jungle, or, yeah, the jungle, and they're looking for this medicinal drug, and apparently there's some questionable chemistry in it, but sounds like an interesting movie. I had to uh, pause it to go for dinner, but I will continue with it at some point. Um and I haven't been listening to music for the last two months because I've been listening to this other podcast. Uh, probably. Peter made a huge face. Yeah, I don't know what Peter's. I have no idea what why Peter's reaction was so profound, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make it fun of Peter. Now. I, uh, <laughs> on Peter. 
There was this old CBC show called Wiretap that I used to listen to for about four weeks back in 2015 that somebody, I don't know who it is, but some savior put every episode of it on Spotify. So I've been listening back to that for the last like month. So that's what I've been doing. Not much. I guess Alex and I saw a decision to leave. That was that was i guess it, oh I, I didn't even include that oh my god you're right i the thing is like i can't give it accurately because like I, so i went to that movie having had to take one of my migraine pills before so like that whole evening i was just like totally out of it he was so, stoned. like i literally fell asleep yeah. during the movie because the medicine made me so tired and then let's I, go bro let's so, go i mean from what i saw there <laughs> I only actually fell asleep for about 20 minutes, but like not because it was a bad movie, but because I was like just in a total like physiological state. So yeah. that was I actually forgot thing. that I had done that. Thank you for reminding me. I almost didn't wreck it. Um, I'll, I'll jump in just so I can talk about Decision to sure. Leave. That movie was fantastic. I think I, I put it as my third favorite of the year. So it didn't, it didn't hit my top like Torrent after Sun, but like, that's three weeks in a row for me seeing movies that were some of my favorites. I need year. to see that, man. It's, dude, it's insane. I haven't yeah. seen a Park Chan-wook film before. This is my first. So he did Old Boy, Lady Vengeance, oh, yeah. Stroker, and The Handmaiden, I think, are the oh. four his biggest four films. And maybe it's Stoker. I don't know. But, he did a um, movie called Stroker? It might have been Stoker. I don't know. Like, Fuck, let me check. God damn it. Stoker. You're so perverted. Yeah, it's called Stoker. Sorry, my bad. Um, anyways. Uh, so yeah, Park Chan-wook and like, like, it's insane. That movie is insane. Basically, it's um, a detective is trying to solve a case. Don't spoil it. And I'm not. And there's a, a, a prime suspect. And as he's like investigating her, he falls in love with her. Yeah. <gasps> And it spins out of that. The camera work is, it's insane. Like there's, it's, it's clear. Like they use like cranes and stuff for some stuff. And like there's zooms and stuff. And there's like some wide shots with like filters and stuff. Like it's, it's crazy. The camera work in that movie. And it was just like, so engrossing. Peter's trying to make fun of me, but no one else is laughing. I just want to point that out. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) And yeah, no, I love that movie. It was great. Um, what else did I see? I saw Petite Maman, uh, a Canadian movie, I think, from last year. Um, it was all right. I didn't actually love it, which kind of surprised me because I thought it was going to be really good. And it was just kind of like, whatever. Um, but yeah, like, go support Canadian movies. And it was a French movie. So um, that one was cool. Uh, I also watched a movie that came out, I think, this year. And I tried to get Sasha to watch it earlier this year. It's called Pleasure. And it's a movie that's like in the porn industry that's like the what are you talking about i said well you might have forgotten because you don't watch the trailers that i send you no it was at, it was playing at the cinematheque and i wanted to no. see it and we didn't end up seeing it but it's on streaming somewhere anyway so it's set in the porn industry and basically it's like an immigrant from finland i want to say or sweden and she wants to be like the top porn star i guess mm. and I, you might be thinking like oh that's like very like um it's probably a horny movie it's so anti-horny like i couldn't like i was i was very much like repulsed the whole time and i was like like uh, there were moments where i noticed that i was like wincing i was like oh my god like somebody help her like and, and i felt really bad um so i think it's super effective what the movie like is trying to get at and it's a little cliche like you know rise and fall like it doesn't 
the structure doesn't do anything new, but I, I liked it. It was a good movie. Um, and it, it's a very like, it's trying to be like an art movie kind of thing. So if that's your jam. Uh, cool. And then, yeah, I watched uh, Andor this week. Can't really remember. It's kind of like a, an in-between episode trying to get yeah. to the next big thing. So like it wasn't like one of the better episodes, but it was all right. And it was um, almost still, over, right? One more episode. I that think that was the yeah the second last one. Yeah. Um, and oh my god! And spoilers for Andor. Just warning. Spoiler warning. Pew, 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 for Andor. Um, Wait for this episode we, or preview. the one that we just saw this week? Have you seen okay, it? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Take out your earbuds. Aiden, have you seen it? I have. Okay. When Luthen's ship does the fucking laser thing, <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck?" I like that. I liked it. I, I didn't like it. I was just like, this is silly. Like, I like the bomb thing. Yeah. When he uses the tractor beam against them. That was really smart. Yeah, and then cool. he does laser beams. So, anyways, you're good, Peter. You can come back. He had to take out his headphones. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and last thing I'll wreck is... Yeah, when Luthen I'm... dies, like, that is pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um yeah okay you probably heard that it was very loud um anyways i also watched uh bro that was very... fake right yeah, yeah obviously not real. oh my god Jesus you Christ. piece of shit um we've i've been i've been catching up on barry and i'm in season two and man i wish i knew what episode that was um it was called okay give me a second i'll try and figure it out anyways i got to a particular episode and I like I was kind of like on the fence about the show and I was like I don't know how much I love it. Okay, it's episode 5 of season 2. It's called Ronnie slash Lily and this episode sold the show for me. It's so funny and it was actually directed by Bill Hader and basically in this episode you know events have happened where he's now been he's trying to get out of his contract killing life and he doesn't want to kill and he's vowed he's never going to kill again. And he's in a situation where someone has dirt on him and he has to kill someone that the other person doesn't like. And he's an innocent guy. Like he's just a regular dude. And so he goes to the house and he's, he's trying to kill this guy. And he's like, and no, no. So, so first of all, he's like, okay, I don't want to kill you. So what you're going to do is you're going to pack your stuff and you're going to go to Chicago. I'm sent here to kill you, but I'm just going to send you to Chicago. So just please pack up your stuff. So he goes into the closet and then he sees all of this taekwondo medals and like memorabilia and he's like oh no like this guy is like the highest rank of taekwondo ever and so it's like a really suspenseful scene like you're like he's definitely gonna beat the shit out of barry and, and it waits for so long and then you know obviously hell breaks loose and then eventually like the guy's kid comes home and she also does taekwondo she's like a little alien and she's like like stabbing barry and she's insane that episode is so fucking funny i love that episode it's probably my favorite so far yeah i love the stabbing part go check out barry um peter you're not funny (laughs) uh so speaking of peter uh what have you been watching this week yeah i've actually as you can tell i've not seen endor this week and uh i've not seen anything else this week other than uh the menu but i will wreck I will wreck an artist. Uh, I went to an Alan Walker concert yesterday in Toronto. Uh, and uh, it was really hype. And Alan Walker's always been a really great DJ. So, you know, just uh, if you have an Alan Walker show nearby, it's worth it. It's 
he he does bring the hype. It's very good. Cool, cool. And uh, bring it home, Aiden. What have you been watching this week? Yeah, I don't have a chance to watch too much, but I've listened to actually three new albums this week, um, all of which I oh. quite liked. Um, so Brockhampton is a band that I've been listening to for a while. They dropped their two last albums both on the same day. Um, and yeah, they're both they're both pretty good. They're both good. It was like a good ending to an era. And that was cool. I also started listening to uh, the artist Smino. Uh, and he has an album that came out recently called Love for Rent. And it's really good. And so I wreck all those albums. Cool. I think I actually have heard of Brockhampton. Uh, I just looked them up. They've got a song called Sugar and a song called Bleach. Yeah, and I think I've heard good. at least one of those too. So. Yeah, Jasper. Um, cool. So uh, next week, um, we've got a tough decision. Yeah. Now, if my calendar is right, and I did some research on the Cineplex website, we will have three movies coming out that we have to decide really? between. The Fableman, Glass Onion, and something else. I forgot. Bones and All. Is Bones and All, right. Glass yeah. Onion so, is Netflix, right? Yeah. So there's a good chance that I'll just say postpone Knives Out Yeah. for when it for when it comes out on Netflix. Because no one, not everyone's yeah. going to go to see it in theaters and they're going to watch yeah. it on streaming. Right. So I think we wait for that one. That's why we decided for Pinocchio too. Because yeah. it was in theaters only this weekend. And we we're like, well... If it's in streaming later, why would we? Yeah. Why would I pay money right. for it now and not just you know wait? Well, you so guys are getting it's... my fresh take uh, next week in the rec well, section. I might, I might watch it, but I'm not going to do the pod on it. I think for yeah. sure. Um, I'm anyways, watching. So... I already booked my tickets, so it's yeah, probably between it. Bones and All and the Fablemans. I might be more. I'm a big Bones guy. Bones and All. Yeah. 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 I'm a big. Aiden and I are on the yeah. same wavelength. Yeah. Um. So that's uh that's what it's next week is uh looking up shaping up to be. Um, Peter, do we have anything to plug? Right. Um, so follow us on our Twitter and Instagram. The handle is Predator V Movies. Uh, and uh, drop us a like. Uh, give us a rating on Spotify. Leave some reviews on the podcast. And uh, give it, pass it to Alex. Wait, Alex. Yes, plug? Alex yes. Have you made a Mastodon account just in case your Twitter dies? No, I forgot to mention that. Um, no, I, I'm not going to bother with Mastodon. It's too hard. I don't think Twitter's... No, it's probably... I don't think it's, I don't think it's actually going to die. die. Yeah. I think we were overreacting. I don't think it's actually going to die. I think it might have some outages, yeah. but like, yeah, it'll change hands eventually. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we're, we're sticking on Twitter. Um, follow me on Letterboxd at Alex Gordon Letterboxd. Don't let Elon Musk buy Letterboxd, please. Yeah. Um, uh, Aiden, what do you have to wreck? Uh, I also am going to plug my letterbox. It's 810sunny. That's 810-S-O-N-N-Y. <laughs> yeah. Never change, Aiden. Never change. And he's I, don't, I straight up don't know how to change my username on letterbox. So. I think Just don't. I'm not going to teach you. I'm not going to teach you. Um, anyways, I'm, I'm assuming Sasha doesn't have anything to wreck. I, I mean, if you want to follow me on letterbox, I can go to my account to tell you what my username is because I don't know what it is. You want, you want people to follow you on letterbox? If sure, they want to, it's Sasha underscore Moda. I try to rate, uh, rate every movie I do or that I see, but I mean, I don't review much. So if you want to see what I'm up to, by all means, but uh, yeah. Go make him letterbox famous, guys. <laughs> why not? Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, go leave a review like Peter said. Uh, make it nice. It's so easy, guys. I don't know why you're not doing it yet. Come on, help us out. Leave uh, those but... reviews. Do it. Yeah. Do, do it. Uh, 
You should have a contest. Come on, do it. Come on, do it. Is it the father? Is it Russian dubbed? (laughs) This is Russian dubbed Predator vs. Movies. (laughs) So please leave us a review. And until next time, I'm Alex. I am Peter. I'm Aiden. And I'm Sasha. Thank you for having me again. And this was Predator Review. You were clipping there. You were clipping there a bit.